Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Last big breath before we do this pod, <laughs> before I die. <laughs> Wait a second, we haven't said anything about MBS yet. You can't die. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. It is good to be back, but Rich, this is actually a very sad episode for me. As, um... We're a little bit delayed recording because you were having YouTube issues. I've realized something. So obviously we'll get to it shortly. But as you know, we will always cover the Saudi show so you don't have to. Unless unless they get really boring. But currently there's still some stuff to joke about at least. Yeah. The last Saudi show that WWE did was in February of 2020, which was Super Showdown Down. Showdown. (laughs) The capital D, yeah. And we covered that on episode 63 in our archives. Go and check out worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. But do you know what's the sad thing about that? Hmm. Nothing comes to mind. Go ahead. That was the last podcast we did in person together. Oh, <laughs> God damn. Bloody COVID and it's uh, distance podding. But this is, we, this is n- numbered episode 116, which means we are now, this is the 53rd numbered episode that we have done and then it made me realize i have not seen you in person for over a year and a half and i find that very sad i feel like we've settled into this remote podding quite easily you know but i I was thinking this earlier it's been about two years since i've seen you isn't it yeah so i propose this when we return to our normal scheduled programming for the finish of our brian daniel bryan's uh, (laughs) oh no completely dan how's on that (laughs) <laughs> Brian, Daniel Bryan Daniel Daniel Bryanson ah, yes <laughs> very good very well um, hang on MBS doesn't say it <laughs> hey we're off to a hot start let's go <laughs> get the camels out <laughs> but I think for when we do the final the finale of our American Dragon series we should try as long as it's safe to do it in person fuck yeah we did previously mentioned this to each other privately and yeah fuck yeah man let's do it in person i'll come to yours probably you've got like a setup in you and stuff yeah why not <laughs> Ooh, i haven't even seen your new house dude you moved house and then covid hit and we were just like oh, okay <laughs> well <laughs> covid hit just before we we're about to um complete and then it took four months but i won't uh, i won't rub my four months in your 12 year attempts to move <laughs> house. oh no it took me four months to move house L- legitimately 14 months so far fucking hell yeah i mean hopefully we'll get in before christmas that'd be nice 14 months is about the length of this show we're gonna cover <laughs> mate so I, I told you i had a little intro right <laughs> so do you like leds yes how about how about fireworks of course endless promo videos absolutely subjugation of women <laughs> It's my favorite thing. What about real fucking camels? It's that time once again for WWE's trip to Saudi Arabia for Crown Jewel 2021. So if you have been living under a uh, rock or a turn of your head has been turned by proper professional wrestling run by the Khan family. Just don't, twi- mention, don't mention rocks when going to Saudi like there's criminals. <laughs> going on, <you> know? <laughs> ah, rock the Dwayne Johnson. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, for a bit of background on this, in early 2018, WWE began their 10-year strategic multi-platform partnership (laughs) 
<laughs> with, have uh, your money, please. <laughs> is that the strategy? As, as part of Cell Division 2030, which is basically um, KSA's social and economic reform program to allow women to mm. drive and have jobs. Journalists? Um, what journalists? Can I have your money, please? The first pay-per-view was held at the King Abdullah Sports Stadium, and it was the greatest Royal Rumble ever with that Titus O'Neil slip. This mm. show was our sixth pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia, the third crown jewel, and also WWE's first international show since the pandemic. Their previous international show was, as mentioned, covered in episode 63, Super Duper, Trooper Duper, Cooper Scooper, Showdown Down Under, but only in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. So we are touring again for WWE. How do you think the... I mean, also, Sami Zayn, not invited. (laughs) Yeah, is he not invited or did he not choose to go anymore? I don't think he's allowed to go. He's not been on any of the previous shows because of his um, background. Yeah, that's a fair point. Because, you know, we're allowing women to wrestle in (laughs) t-shirts, but we can't let a man from another country turn up. Yeah, it's it's an interesting agreement, isn't it? (laughs) Fucking shit. Uh. Yeah, I feel like you had more to go. Is, is there more? Or? Well, no, no. I mean, okay, that, cool. that, that's pretty much it. So, you know, I we didn't want to interrupt you as well. Point oh, I was no. going to do sorry. <laughs> we are three years into this ten-year partnership, and I and yeah. the worst thing about this show, genuinely, which upset me about this, but luckily WWE completely WWE'd themselves. I was watching this, and I was watching the opening match, and I was like, "What the fuck?" This is actually good. Oh, wait. No, no. Hang on a minute. They've just done a virtual reality flying carpet. That got me as well. I was a bit like, hang on. <laughs> is that okay? Are you allowed to do that? What was nice about <laughs> this show? Because um, yeah. we, we've obviously go back in our archives. We've covered every single KSA show. They have now sort of downgraded the stadiums that they're in, but it's still a pretty good-looking arena. There's 22,000 people in here in the Mohammed Abdu Arena. Um, I'm glad you Boulevard. pronounced it properly. I was worrying about that one, so thank you. <laughs> but, but so, so, like, why have they done the smaller arena thing? Is that well, a thing? I, I don't people just not it, want to buy tickets, or is it a COVID thing? Or? I think it's a COVID thing. I don't think it's a. I think they could have had more incapacity, but I was going to say war in captivity. What? <laughs> But what's really nice about this show is that the royal family haven't got their armchairs at ringside looking disinterested anymore. They've actually seemed to have... The royal family don't want to catch COVID. So what they've done is mm. go, let all the miscreants go to wrestling. <laughs> and let's beat them off. <laughs> miscreants. That's a beautiful word. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of people with their backs to the camera in the front rows. It's It's annoying, to say the least. But... This crowd was more tolerable than they have been on the previous Saudi shows, I would say. I loved what I can only assume. I want to believe they're a real chance, but I just imagine Vince and Bruce Pritchard backstage going, let's put an accent and just go, holy shit chance. <laughs> <laughs> they just recorded themselves 50 times going, you know, this is awesome. I'm not going to do the accent too much because, you know, <laughs> and then just like duplicated them and added the echo, right? That's how yeah. you do crowd noise. Exactly. And, and Vince was like, I've got a great idea from the Thunderdome. Remember when we do these accents? When I make fun of um, MBS for stealing his money and leaving my talent on the on the runway last time? <laughs> well, let's do those voices and get pumped in. 
This is awesome. Everyone's favorite chant in wrestling. Fight forever. Don't fight forever. We've got SmackDown in 12 hours. Yeah, can we please retire the fight forever already? When that happens on AEW shows, every time I'm just like, I know I have to tolerate this for about a minute and then they'll shut up. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, enough with that chant, please. It makes no sense. I want to finish. I don't want them to fight forever. That bit sounds really boring. But let's give them the benefit of the doubt. WWE did almost try and put the dubbing in line with people's mouths moving. One saying, please help me, I'm trapped, versus this is awesome. <laughs> I will say that um, I think WWE's, oh, I was going to say biggest crime, but nah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's bothered me quite a lot about WWE in the COVID era is the crowd noise and how immensely frustrating it was listening to sh- shows and just hearing in the background for four fucking hours on the pay-per-views that was actually um, Vince just snoring on the headset yeah maybe man <laughs> fuck but like the fact that they've carried it on into having crowds back and still having this immensely fake crowd noise is it's not good not good at all and this crowd are more there than previous saudi shows but there's definitely a whole bunch of fake crowd noise the whole way through the show can't uh, disagree that's the problem with the bits of wwe yeah. that i've seen um, one thing I will say though before we go to Crown Jewel has anyone made sure Io Shirai is still alive after Halloween Havoc yeah that's quite a bump that was I mean Indy Hartwell well sold oh fuck I've killed my friend no climb the ladder <laughs> yeah exactly speaking of which um, when's the last time we heard from Asuka where, where is she uh, she wasn't drafted um, so you know Japanese, isn't she? Vince don't like her. Yeah. What about the girl that does the stunner off the top rope? What's her name? Ember Moon. Moon? What, NXT. Where's, where's she? Is she? Yeah. Is she on the show? <laughs> I've watched bits and bobs. I tried to watch NXT, but I had a seizure because of all the fucking lights. Why? Why? And we said it on a previous show. Why have they ruined Steiner Jr.? Fuck. Bron Breaker. Yeah. Beaker. Fucking hell. Beaker. <laughs> that's great. From the Muppets, Beaker. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's good shit. Uh, but by the way, I have a bit of a sniffly nose, so excuse me if I'm a bit sniffly during this pod. Love you, listener. But fuck it. Anyway, let's move on. So, uh, Into the Dragon will be back next week. We're taking a break, obviously, to do these beautiful salad shows as we always do. So, pre show, and I mean pre the pre show, there was a big thing where WWE announced that the Brock Roman main event would be no DQ. And then they discovered that, actually, no, it's going to be normal. <laughs> just like, what? Like, they announced this on the pre-show. They go, there's going to be a no disqualification main event. And later in the pre-show, they go, it's not going to be a no disqualification. <laughs> what the fuck is this? That was actually no, no DQ for who could get out of the stadium first. Oh, mate. I can literally picture Brock, Roman, Vince, and Paul Heyman sitting in a room backstage going, so how are we going to do it? You know, and it just led to, all right, we'll do the no DQs, the users can get involved, bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. And Brock's like, yeah, okay. And then they go through it later. He's like, actually, let's do it this way instead. And it's just, ah, it did feel like they were making it up on the fly a little bit. I love, I love top knot Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. Viking Lesnar. I like, I love it. I love, I mean, Vince, Vince McMahon, get a haircut. Fuck off, Vince. Sorry, Brock. <laughs> Yeah, strange uh, scenario to have before your big 
WrestleMania level card, whatever. The thing is, this card was probably better than Mania's card on paper. What do you think? Yeah, sure. Like it's um, it's my typical thing with WWE, and I'm I'm gonna try not to go on about it too much. Is that they have some outstanding wrestlers, and this is a very very good card they put together tonight. It's just the lack of interest in how they get there for me it becomes really difficult and the logic of who wins on these shows to who ends up being number one contenders on the following raws and smackdowns and stuff just the lack of consistency and logic is mind-blowing to me so i find myself watching like even this has some really really fucking good matches on it with a bit of a shitty crowd if i'm totally frank um and just not really caring like i really struggled to give a shit about this show at all this is a problem I have genuinely with WWE at the moment. And as you said, the level of performance they've got on there are incredible. It's the yeah. best wrestling roster. They've Obviously, they've lost a couple of the very tippy-top wrestlers since then. But I think what they've realized is this. Oh, with Roman and Heyman and Brock, there's our Mania main event again, because that's a storyline that's compelling. We've got the Paul Heyman is who's corner, who's Campsy, and that's great. That'll sell Mania. Yeah, guys, what about the next sort of six months and the 23 hours of content we've got to cover each week? Ah. And that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I think Whereas too- I watched AEW. To, uh, um, I assume you watched it live. I watched it early this morning. Sure. And I've got things like, why am I so now... I was going to message you and I was like, Serena Deeb versus Shida. I was like, this is mini modern Malenko Guerrero. Yeah, it was incredible. Such a good, that fucking finish, dude. Oh my God. It's glorious pro wrestling. It's Bret Hart levels of like, that's a cool fucking finish, you know? And I I like violent Moxley who doesn't give a shit anymore. (laughs) He beat the shit out of him, dude. (laughs) I like, to, I like to encourage you that I'm fucking angry. <laughs> Last time they wrestled, uh, Ten had to go and get like surgery on his arm. And now yeah. Mox has beaten the shit out of him again. Kicked a fence into a fan. There's that a man. was great. <laughs> There's a man who knows he's got to do bedtime when he gets home and is not happy about it. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. is like, this kind of hasn't slept in a month. <laughs> I understand where he's coming from. Uh, he had to cover all <sighs> sessions for a month while Renee was on maternity leave. He's like, oh, fuck this. Yeah, fucking A, man. But that, so, I mean, if it leads to him versus Dragon, uh, that'll be tasty. I think that's where they're going. It really does feel like it. Anyway, back to this bullshit Saudi show. Um, So, what we're talking about in this whole, like, you know, they've got some incredible wrestlers that do some really good matches, but almost everything else that surrounds it is frustrating and annoying. There's a fucking awful commentary team at the moment for this show. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean... Corey Graves um, pretending to look like Dexter Loomis. I enjoyed that. Mate, he's like a parody of a human being. He's not real. <laughs> I swear to God. Although, although in, fa- in fairness, Corey Graves, um, again, only like listening to some of like the sound bites and highlights from Raw. <laughs> when Corey Graves, I was like, oh, he's been engaged. And he said to Saxon, he's like, yeah, it's only because you can't marry inanimate objects, Saxon. <laughs> I was like, oh, wonderful. <laughs> So, right, I started to really try and wonder why this commentary team was pissing me off so much, okay? Like, my, like is that my dishwasher? Sorry, I think I can hear something in the background. Let me just check. 
Yeah. I mean, on this is what is going. I don't want to be noisy in the bloody podcast. Let me just turn it off. I'm not. I'm not fucking editing this. Can't. No, no. I'm. I'm, I'm going to carry on talking. So until you come back, I think the thing that bothers me about this commentary team is how we've seen a lot of times with WWE the fact that they just I'm try. My wife. Hello, what are you talking about? I <laughs> know. <laughs> I was just saying that the commentary team. The re- thing that I think annoys me is it's just they're in it for them. They're Mate. trying to get themselves over, like <sighs> Graves and Cole, yeah, yeah, yeah. having a good time. And I've never thought I'd say this. Like, where the fuck's Pat McAfee? Yeah, absolutely. I love Pat McAfee. I think he's fucking great. I think he's funny on commentary. I think he's really passionate. Um, the problem I have with Cole and Graves is they're like a parody of a, com- a commentary team. I, d- I was kind of joking when I say it's like a parody of a human or whatever, but I realized the difference between watching like GCW, New Japan, uh, AEW is that what they're doing is they're talking about the story of the guys in the ring. They're putting over the sequences of events, the story they're trying to tell in the match. And what Graves and Cole do is that they have a bunch of stock things like quotes, exaggerations, like (laughs) big ridiculous statements. And they just try and force them in (laughs) to whatever they're watching in the ring at the time. So I've got like three quick examples from this show, right? There's one point where they're talking about this will end his career if this happens. It then immediately happens and they just completely ignore that it just happened, right? <laughs> They'll say stuff like Goldberg and Lashley had to be put on different flight paths to avoid an incident. And you're like, what world are you living in, guys? This is so exaggerated and ridiculous that you're making me immediately just roll my eyes and be like, I don't fucking care what you're talking about. Whoa, and th- hang on. I will defend that one. I will defend that one. Trying it's to give it the too much. No, it's way too much. But think of it this way. It's not like think- they have to be put on separate planes just to make sure they didn't kick the shit out of each other. They're like, different flight plus to avoid an incident internationally. Well, this sort of bullshit, you know? It's just like... There's just like some basic examples. Like every single match, the guys do their entrances. I'm kind of excited for what's about to happen. The bell rings, and then either Cole or Graves say one line that they have stocked, ready to go. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, like confidence builds confidence. Like, fuck off, Corey Graves. Namaste, you cunt. (laughs) It drives me crazy, man. But here's the thing. Right. And I me- I messaged you before about sort of the you know the prospect of a WWE show in Cardiff next September, sure. And like we're both like, oh, if it's London, I might consider it. I genuinely think if I went to a WWE show and there was no commentary, I would enjoy it so much more. Yeah, absolutely. I I've literally I took your advice a few times. I didn't do it for this show because we're doing it for the pod and stuff. But I I put the Spanish commentary on most of the yes. time. Yes. I was really disappointed because I watched this live and I thought to myself, I wonder if, because they had the classic sort of um, Arabic team, I wonder if they've got yeah. that on the network because I would have enjoyed listening to that. Yeah. I feel like I'm learning some like different words and different languages and stuff, you know? <laughs> it's, it's quite fun. And like, they sound passionate and interested and I don't have to listen to fucking Michael Cole anymore, so I'm perfectly fine with that. I just, I can't comprehend in what world people like watch WWE and listen to Cole and Graves, specifically those two. Like, I used to like kind of both of them. At, I never like Michael Cole, what am I talking about? Boom. I used to like Corey Graves quite a bit. But like, he's just become this ridiculous exaggeration of a commentator. 
um i just don't know how people can watch these shows week to week and listen to these people for three four hours like five hours a week it's just oh but we've been horrible we've yeah. been sport when we grew up with wrestling sort of new gen attitude era where we had good commentators who didn't have vince micromanaging them the problem is similar to every wrestler that goes to nxt is cookie cutter and does exactly the same thing and speaks in exactly the same way the fact that we've now got commentators who have to do everything speak in the same way the only reason why mcafee can get away with it is because he's got a bigger following and could live without wwe yeah and he just doesn't give seem to give a shit yeah. It feels like he he's so loud and so obnoxious. The Vince is like just can't get a word in Edway's almost, you know. <laughs> like yeah. he's just like, all right, fine, go do it. Like like Rock would be or something, you know. Like Rock would just keep talking and we'll do his promo the way he's going to do his promo. I don't think Vince is really going to tell him how to do that, you know. Vince got confused and and, and Pritch is like going, we've got to wind it in, Vince. And Vince going, no, it's Jesse Ventura on commentary. Vince is Pat McAfee. <laughs> no, it's Jesse. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not sure vince knows what century it is at this point but whatever um the other thing with this show that really really fucked me off let's get this out of the way uh is the giant led screen behind the ring imagine watching a football game and each player has got a fucking tv behind them it's so fucking stupid <laughs> like i'm i know i'm an old man shouting at clouds here but like, i was like like kind of had to kind of um not blinded but just like catch myself every now and again and be like that's fucking bright that background in it well, you know, they've got to use those LEDs from the Thunderdome somehow. Got to claim the tax allowances off them. It's like someone shining spot lamps in your face as you're trying to watch a sporting event. It's, like, it's so overly done. Like the giant columns, the LEDs everywhere, the lights on the crowd. Like it's like, just let me focus on the fucking wrestling. Wait, someone in KSA shining a light in someone's face? <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, commentary team is shit, blah, blah, blah. Pre-show Usos. The, one of the best things in WWE right now. Put them on the pre-show. Fuck them, right? Oh, re- and also reform the Hurt Business just so we can have a have a tag match for the Usos to beat. Yeah. <sighs> Why break up the Hurt Business and then reform them? At least stick to your guns if you're going to fucking break them up. The Hurt Business was the best thing about Raw in the pandemic. Yeah, fucking A. Absolutely great. Love it. I, I, didn't, I didn't watch the pre-show because, you know, there's only so many hours in a day to be miserable. <laughs> and I'm a parent, so it's most of the time. Yeah, I only caught it because uh, we streamed it for, we streamed reactions for us to talk that we did for charity. I do every one of these Saudi shows. And uh, I happened to just be helping out with streaming stuff at that point. So I knew this was on the pre-show. So I watched it. Um... Is- Uso's top heel tag in the sta- and, st- and stable in the whole company instantly overworking his faces tonight. Obviously. <laughs> it's just so stupid. I'll say um, Uso, you say oh, Uso, yeah. Uso. They like their index fingers. You know, they're doing this whole one thing, you know, the Brian Danielson thing, but yeah. it's their stable taunt, apparently. Good shit. Uh, Jay Uso talks way too much. Hot tags by the Usos. They are full face, massive pops. Uh, consistency gotta love it uh commentary have a good line here where they go this is the best the usos have ever been no uh realistically it's the same usos we've seen in our wrestlemania 30 run but they've just got a kind of cooler gimmick they still do the same spots they're a bit slower and they do a super kick party they stole from the box but it's exactly the same fucking match they're having in 2014 good thing their little brother's not joined nxt and isn't allowed to be an uso yeah that's a weird one isn't it He's going to be released. It's going to be Manu all over again. Yeah, probably. 
Is he the slightly chubbier version of these two? Who, Manu? <laughs> the other Uso that isn't an Uso. Oh, I haven't, wa- I haven't watched the rest of Halloween Havoc <clears throat> or, or NXT to understand. I, I, I watch AEW and, and I watch Dan Housen's <laughs> YouTube channel. Let's go. Uh, a super kick party and uh, I promise, officer, that's not my hotel room. I have no idea who that woman is. For the one, two, three, <laughs> the winner of the Usos. Uh, WWE ident for the start, which doesn't have the then, now, forever. It's just WWE together. Catchy. Well, it's not going to be forever because they're going to sell it. <laughs> so that's misadvertising. Yeah. What is together about WWE, do you think? We're in it together. Are we? No, because <laughs> over a million people fuck off and watch TNT on Wednesday nights. Yeah. So the uh, the new ident starts with racist cunt Hogan and ended with Natty Neidhart. Not sure what this statement they're trying to make is, but it's intriguing at least. <laughs> Whether you're a racist or a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, so we're going to start the video package on who? Well, Hogan, obviously, he's a racist. We love them. Who are we going to finish it on? Um, Natty? <laughs> International, you know what, right? You know what Vince did? He was like, just put Owen in the trail. And like, <laughs> we can't use Owen. I'll put one of the other hearts in. Ah, <sighs> fucking hell. And here we go. Another Saudi show. It's video package time. Legends. History. All the world to see. Well, unless... Unless you're a journalist. <laughs> Uh, runs down the matches with a single word over the vo- with the voiceover every time. Fearless, powerful, etc., etc. Ah, MBS. Alan Shearer's <laughs> favorite WWE show. Does this mean we're not allowed to Newcastle now either? Oh fucking hell, mate! I'm looking forward to losing all my young players to Newcastle in the future. You know, and they're also looking forward to losing their arms. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh. I, I just realised why there's jokes about Newcastle because the, the people who do this show would now own Newcastle. No, oh. they definitely don't own the don't own the company who bought Newcastle. Nudge wink. Oh, is that the thing? Is they not meant to? Because that's how they passed the um, fit and proper Premier League declaration that MBS oh. was not involved because you can't have government ownership of the uh, the Premier League club, even though they own eighty percent of the company that bought <laughs> Newcastle. Fit and Some... proper. Is that how we decide describe Steph now? <laughs> <laughs> Steph has definitely passed the fit and proper declaration. And in fairness <laughs> And in fairness, so is Shane for his age. Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, for some reason this opening video package jumps into a funky disco montage and I'm like, ooh <laughs> Cameron and so... Naomi come out. <laughs> so the thing I realised is about a minute or so of just like funky disco montage that ends this video package. In this whole section, there is not a single wrestling move <laughs> and not a single narrative point about any of the matches that are on this show tonight. I mean, why would you? But you can't have wrestling moves because you don't accidentally be overly violent. We can't have women because can they drive? Um... What I will say is at least building into this pay-per-view, they have actually given some TV time to the story. So Brock and Roman, definitely. Even Big E and Drew, they've given it time to. 
Lashley attacking a child for Goldberg. You know, I'm I'm a fan of the fact they actually thought, well, actually treat this like a pay-per-view, not sure. a throwaway show. And here's the thing that got me. Again, I know we're about to go into the main show. We're a week removed from this. The feedback for this show. I mean, from Feb 2020, where everyone was like, oh, it's fucking blood money. It's awful. It's awful to this is the best pay-per-view WWE have done in a very long time. It's like, Mm. do you not remember what you complained about 18 months ago? Ah, yeah, but the world's a different place now. But I don't agree that this is one of the best shows they've done in a long time. I think night one of WrestleMania was better. Hands down, because Samoa Joe wore a poncho. Mate, night one of WrestleMania is one of the most fun shows I've seen in a long time. Loved it. So and then fun. allowing wrestlers to do promos off the bat. Yeah, the mayhem of WWE improv was like, oh, this is how wrestling used to feel. It was great. Yeah, I would agree with you. Night one of Mania, I mean, easily bookending the pandemic. It, yeah. From Rumble 2000 with Edge's return and Drew going over with Brock doing the whole, I'm going to throw everyone out of the ring. That was a fantastic way to book it, start and finish. Here's wrestling with fans. Here's wrestling with fans. And then Ali Black and Mysterio got thrown off Titan Towers in the middle. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I see what you're saying, though. This this has some real substance to it in terms well, no, of I, the matches. I, I, and... I don't believe so, because I think I've become so jaded by this product. There were good matches. I couldn't give a shit about the stories. But it's more yeah. the fact that the fickleness of wrestling armchair quarterbacks sim is what we're doing it's a case of oh it's great they went to saudi and made an effort oh it's great that they this is the best show they've had it's like hang on there's been no actual backlash there's been no people going i'm not going to watch it because it's this i've got people going oh brock's in the main yeah i don't don't know my my end i've definitely seen (laughs) a lot of criticism maybe that's because who i hang around in who has to report this all the time (laughs) nudge nudge wink wink Uh, there's a lot of backstage conversation let's put it that way (laughs) but no we do a bit for charity let's put it that way Uh, i'm gonna move on uh so shit tons of pyro it's like beijing up in here (laughs) the smog get it like michael cole boo Welcome to the show with his usual bullshit. Uh, there are two teenagers commenta- commentating in Arabic tonight. They get some cam time. Didn't see him again, though. <laughs> nope. Starting with hell in a cell. But it's the red cell. Not, not, it's not hell in a cell. Nope. Yeah. It's a shame, isn't it? Because... This is a really good match. Best match of the night. It's right up there. I could not stop focusing on the fact it was a red cell. Well, it's raw. Mm. I couldn't get over the fact that (laughs) Edge managed to drop an FTR um, thing on SmackDown that Vince didn't manage to edit out. Oh, did he? That was great. Because he he used their shoot names. Because when he was on the phone going, don't go back to the house, I'll get so-and-so and so-and-so to deal with it, which are the names of the revival. <laughs> oh, I didn't realise. Oh, that's great. That's really fun. I like the fact that I had Rollins' uh, home invasion and WWE didn't go with the someone's broken in someone's house. Gun or throw them through a window. <laughs> nah, like Arn's bo- bo- bogarded the gun kind of gimmick at the moment, you know. You can't steal that from him. So is Alec Baldwin. 
Oh, 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 that's dark. Fucking hell, that took me a second. <laughs> that's very dark. Ooh, not sure how I feel about that one. <laughs> it's a film so, reference. <laughs> Look at me, I understand film. Yeah, is it though? Is it, it's more of an accidental murder reference. <laughs> well, if Arn Anderson had had the gun, it would have been intentional. <laughs> oh. You know it's good to be back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I read the other day was, you know Arn and Sid when they got into the fight over the scissors? Yeah. Do you know that Arn got stabbed 20 times in that fight? I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> I didn't realise it was 20 times. I, I knew they both got stabbed and, like, you know, Vader had to save Sid's life by sticking his thumb into his, like... <laughs> like a, a manual tracheotomy. <laughs> yeah, literally. I didn't realise that Arn Anson got stabbed 20 times, or so the story goes. I started looking at photos of Arn Anson trying to find stab wounds. I can't see a single one. I think this might be bullshit, you know? I think it might be kayfabe to get Sid over. I mean, I'm pretty sure Sid once again shit himself, so that's Come always again. a good thing. Sid shit himself in the ring. Did he? <laughs> I, I think remember it, this. I think in the match with Benoit, when he dropped the belt, I think Sid shat himself. Huh. I'm going to have to go follow this up. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> it's better. Anyway. I mean, at least it's proper shit rather than what we, uh, other than this match. Yeah, I mean, sure. yeah, I mean red, this is proper red, shit. But yeah. Red Cell is bollocks, but Edge and Rollins ring gear, good work, lads. Yeah, absolutely. I made a note about it at some point. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah, Edge is in Lannister gold and red tonight. Looks fucking awesome. Seth is flared black and sparkly gold leopard print. Uh, Seth also seems to have a cum rag wrapped his round his wrist. <laughs> Everyone needs but, a catch rag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but they look awesome. Let's put no doubt on that. That looks so fucking great. Um, well, he, can't, are... he can't touch Becky in Saudi or he'll get shot. So, of course, he's got to knock one out yeah. himself. Fair point. Um, I like the new Seth Rollins character. I haven't seen very much of him because I don't really watch WWE so much nowadays. Um, I love his douchey entrance. Um, not sure about retrofitting the burn it down into his new music though. I think we could have just completely got rid of that. Um, the the yeah. What do you think? I'm a fan, and also I like the fact they tried to start this with John Morrison, and then they were like, "No, Rollins does his character better." <laughs> so, fuck, fuck you, Johnny Parkour. <laughs> it's great. So this I, music I like was the John idea. Morrison's. Well, John Morrison had all the stupid hair and the inverted commas drip, which I believe is a young person terminology for flash clothes. All right. So you're saying they've kind of transitioned that across to Seth? Yeah, because he's gone from this messiah gimmick to this very flamboyant, quite annoying, but quite sadistic character. And I, I like it. It's yeah, certainly it's, mo- for me. it's certainly better than when he was the messiah. I feel a bit bad watching this, like watching his entrance. They kind of have the big pyro and stuff from the stage. Obviously, there's shit tons of pyro all night tonight. You've got these camels <laughs> that are standing by the entrance where I'm like, fried camel anyone? Because they get pretty close at times. At first, I genuinely thought this was another like virtual reality camel thing at the beginning. I thought, we've had oh. a magic carpet. <laughs> WWE have gone with camels. And it's only when they went to like another entrance and I saw the, the, um, the handlers turning around and one of the camels looking at another camel going, fuck me, mate. Yeah, fucking hell. So, for this opening match, we've got the female ref, Jessica Carr, who is wearing a full bodysuit under her ref shirt, but um, has her hair on show, the fucking whore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. I don't mean it. It's because they're in Saudi. Uh, but it's lovely to see her doing this. She's she's a really good referee. She's awesome. 
she's great. And let's put it out there. One of the criticisms we had when we covered the first uh, Greatest Royal Rumble, the lack of presence of women. Yeah, they had Renee do commentary. They then had um, the first women's match. It was uh, Natty and Lacey Evans, wasn't it, the last time they had the... Uh, the ladies match we've got two ladies match tonight female referee you know so let's look at the positives here WWE were paid billions of pounds and women got to be showcased in 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 Saudi Arabia you know let's let's try you know WWE are not solely responsible for this change let's let's be completely outright with that but where we are six shows in to watch WWE have been able to do that they couldn't do on show one or let's take it the other way Vincent Mann did this going, oh, bollocks, I've got to book the women. I mean, we could be positive about that, or we could just talk about the 30, 40 people in the front rows who have just all got their backs to the hard cam. They thought there were, well, there's all female refereeing them. <laughs> <laughs> nah, gen- genuinely, it's nice to see this progression. I just, I feel so uncomfortable seeing these women being forced to wear these bodysuits still. I'm just like, it's just such subjugation. Even that little thing is like, not even a little thing, it's quite a major thing. What impressed uh, me most so about uncomfortable, it, though, dude, but it's so, progression, I guess. Selena Vega posted some bits on social media, right? And obviously, I, you know, we'll get to her match in it. But she had when she um, ended her match, which we'll get to later in the show. She was obviously wearing her full bodysuit gear and everything. But then she posted the picture on Twitter a few hours later, and I was like, "Hang on a minute, you're not wearing many clothes in that throne. What the fuck?" And I think someone might have taken a sneaky picture, scantily clad with regal attire, right? In KSA, <laughs> sneaky. That's real progression. See, I, this is what I kept thinking about. Right? Let's say Becky Lynch comes out wearing her normal gear. That's a real statement. You know what I mean? Be like, no, nah, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. But then we're gonna get a plane on the tarmac for the next three days again. <laughs> so it's probably. Probably yeah, with one less idea. with one less passenger going home. Yeah, exactly. You know, but like we need to get to that point if we're going to make a change. But uh, I don't want to die. <laughs> I'll go out in a bikini if you want me to. Don't think it's going to help very much. So you know, but like I feel like that's why I kept kind of wanting to happen. You know, someone just come out in their real shit and not care about this bullshit. But yeah, also I'm sure they don't want to die, as you say. So I think it's weird, if Vince isn't it? really wanted to do it he'd do what he did at the last Saudi show where he jumped off on the plane early. He'd get the plane started. He'd have the ladies go out and wrestle. Then he'd get him through backstage, get him on his private jet and fly him home straight away and be like, yep. Thanks, ladies. Oh, by the way, why are you in your wrestling gear? That looks uncomfortable. Maybe you want to uh, take that off and bark like a dog. Vince, (laughs) no. (laughs) No, Vince. So, uh, this match between Edge and Rollins, it's kind of good. It's it's a tad PG hardcore spotty like WWE, but that's okay. It's nothing wrong with that. Um, Edge has the double homo suicide locked in, but Rollins stabs a bitch in the eye with a bit of a chair. Really fun. <laughs> uh, Rollins uses the kill switch on Prettier on Edge and commentary credit the move to Edge. <laughs> like, hang on. <laughs> wrong guy. Uh, Edge shoves Rollins off in, oh, the best spot of the whole fucking match. They're up top. Edge shove Rollins bounces off the side of the cell bounces into a table what a great spot man seeing people bounce around the cell like that looks so fucking cool really nice only seconded to the finish yeah like just hold on before we get there too much Um, so that that when he when Rollins bounces off the side of the cell and goes through the table it got a genuine pop out of me for the first time during this show 
And then they proceeded to do a super, super duper slow-mo where they show Rollins getting his hands up and protecting himself. And then falling <laughs> back and I was like, no, don't do it. Like their insistence to show slow-mo replays and everything is it, it's, it's needless on this sort of spot for me. Paul Heyman has finally solved them the one-time replay button that they had back in old ECW. <laughs> the super slow-mo replay. Okay. <laughs> so, um, both lads start pulling out all the signature and reference to the past spots. Really, really fun. Uh, super solid match. Uh, gets us to the point where Edge drags the ladder out from under the ring. It turns into a 20-minute, let's set up this and tee something off the ladder spot where it kind of like takes forever to get there. But it ends in like this kind of like, there's a sunset bomb off the ladder bit and it kind of looked a bit weak. Like I was hoping they were going to go for something a bit more, you know? I wonder if after bouncing off, I know obviously protected, I wonder if we were like bouncing off the cell, the, they were like, we're 25 minutes in now, pretty tired. Yeah. <laughs> People have got their backs turned to us. We're killing ourselves. Let's just take this nice and easy before the finish. Yeah. I mean, it's 38 minutes since the start of the show. So they've been going a long time as we get to like the bit where Seth does a bunch of kicks to Edge, chain around the boot, Edge does the death cell. Really, really cool. But then WWE do a super slow-mo replay, completely breaking kayfabe, showing the chain didn't hit him anywhere near in the face. It's all these little minor things of the production that started to really kind of piss me off because I was really enjoying the match. It was well, like all the other bullshit. Yeah, know? I mean, don't get to the fucking finish when they did the replay. Fuck me. Yeah. So Edge gets kind of maniacal. Won't let Rollins tap out to the double homicide with a fucking wrench. <laughs> if you could dodge a wrench. You could dodge or fucking whatever. Uh, so apparently Edge calls this the Glasgow grin. And I'm like, it's called a Glasgow smile, mate. Uh, well, you know, international language differences. Yeah, it's like he's watched the wrong movie and just got it wrong or something. He's not watched Sons of Anarchy, is he? He doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah. So Edge gives Rollins a jumpy stomp into the chair instead for the one, two, three. Well, and, uh, you say he gave him a jumpy stomp. He put his foot underneath Rollins' chin and Rollins fell over on the slow motion replay. Yeah, again, the slow-mo replay ruins the illusion of what we're kind of enjoying here, you know? Still, $55 million a show, that's what it gets you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, it's, it's, I'm really enjoying the wrestling. Commentary's annoying. Slow-mos are annoying. The endless light show behind them is annoying. But the wrestling's really good. I like the fact we're, com- we're complaining about distractions in the background, yet AAA, we embrace it. Oh, because it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> this is awful. This is just annoying. If WWE had like Bluetooth flash up in the background, then I'd be like, oh, <laughs> now I'm on board. Exactly. Like random trucking companies and dance shows and inflatable hamburgers and stuff. Like, I'm fine with that. It's, hey, Big it's... Mummy wasn't on that show. How dare you? <laughs> Don't call her an inflatable hamburger, you bastard. <laughs> Um, great selling in this match. Really enjoyed that. These boys came to show up the rest of the roster. There's no, uh, you I can't de- they did. detract from the work rate, the selling, the in ring, the fact that Edge hasn't wrestled for a num- like this for a number of years or even regularly. This must be a real treat for Seth. Keep rolling, 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 rollings. Um, what? <laughs> uh, <let's get> <laughs> I popped. I popped. Don't worry. Yeah. I was there. <laughs> um. It must be a real treat for Rollins uh, to have this. And I would assume this is the end of this feud now because of where we go on Raw the next night where Seth's number one contender. 
Okay, like, yeah, yeah. Let's just talk about that for a second. So, yes, the feud was kind of fun. I, I enjoyed the video package before they explained some of the story they were doing. Like, great, great, really good stuff. Edge wins the cell match. Same week, Seth becomes number one contender. Huh? Goes exactly back to why CM Punk complained about losing to Brock or losing to Taker. Like, why am I losing to Taker? Is he going to be in Boston next week? No, I am. So I have to turn up after I've lost. What? Where is the incentive for me to be a top guy if I'm not beating these people? Why am I here? And like you said, like it's like a reward. Hi, Seth. Thanks for being out the title pitch for a while. Thanks for getting the old man through a hell in the cell. As a reward, you can now be the next person for Big E to hopefully run through. Yeah. But yeah so there's no note- point. You've lost a match now. I know he had to go and win a match, but why are you in a number one contenders match? A ladder yeah, match exactly. to get yeah. the belt. It defeats the purpose. I, I know AEW's rankings are not perfect, but it's like, okay, we're having a title eliminator to see who's going to be the number one contender, even though we know who the number one contender is. It's Hangman, but we're already lining up that next person by having a tournament. You can't do too many, but it makes sense. Yep. It's, you know, this thing that we've discussed quite a lot when we're doing the 2014 stuff, especially, whereby, you know, Vince doesn't see it as a sporting event like I would like it to be presented as. It's it's shown as like a movie. He, that's what his famous quote is. You know, what is it? Something along the lines of, you know, I make movies, I make whatever. Drinks from the bottle of water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that, I realize why that quote, that phrase really offended me like so much. And I've struggled to explain it in the past. But we've had a bit of a break, so I had time to think about it. <laughs> I really came to the conclusion of... It's, it's a massive fucking insult to movies. Yeah, big time. If if I go to a movie and it doesn't make any fucking sense, <laughs> like, it's illogical. And, you know, like, the person in the opening scene has their leg broken and the next scene they're running down the street. It's it's That doesn't make any fucking sense, Vince. Like, you can't just do it on your wrestling show. <laughs> but they must have done it, like, else. See No Evil or something, another WWE studio movie. That's why it's happened. Yeah, Have you probably. not watched The Marine? <laughs> it's like, I just don't get why can't have some simple logic to this. Like, if Edge wins here, surely he's going to become the number one contender. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know why this is so confusing to people. Like, why it's not all right. But, and oh, also, fine. what's the plan? So yeah, he, exactly. Because if Edge was going to have a big feud going into Mania, he's not because he's not going to be here for two, three months now. Yeah, so why is he winning the the fucking match? It's wrestling, it's not real. Edge does people are happy to see Edge for Edge. Edge doesn't need a belt. Edge doesn't need anything. He goes and doesn't need to win. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't. And that's why Rollins should have gone over here. Sure. (sighs) WWE, buy our t shirts. We put literally zero effort into any of them. Please buy them. The Roman Reigns ones are quite good, but the rest of them are shit. So. You know you know who does sell good t-shirts, though? World Wrestling Podcast. So make sure you go to Amazon.co.uk, buy yourself a t-shirt. It's getting cold now. Buy yourself a hoodie. Help the podcast out to pay for our exciting project we are going to be doing. We have a WCW 2000 t-shirt that is fucking awesome. Go buy it. Three more video packages later. I can't be bothered to explain them all. Fucking hell, there's a lot of them tonight. Uh, Mustafa Ali versus our hometown hero. It's Mansoor. Hang on. 
Wait a second. What's the Minotaur doing here? Oh, it's Mansoor. I wrote my notes down. Imagine if it was they bought that Minotaur for this or Minotaur or whatever he was. That'd be I'd great. be in for that. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Or Minotaur versus El Torito. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, speaking of like slightly racially insensitive or species insensitive. <laughs> species. <laughs> uh, uh, Ali seems to have his first name back. What kind of loser has a first name? Well, in fairness, he got that back in Retribution because he demanded to be referred to as Mustafa Ali. And cool. WWE were making a very big thing about this match. It's the first time that two Muslims have wrestled together on a WWE pay-per-view. Because I love WWE the phrasing. Now, I love yeah. the phrasing. Two Muslims. Like two Muslim people, Vince. People. <laughs> yeah. And they're going on... I don't know why WWE are doing this at the moment because they're very much... Like with Sasha and, and, and Bianca Belair, they're like, it's the first time two black women have headlined a WrestleMania. It's only the second time women have main evented a WrestleMania, Vince. What are you doing? Sure. Yeah, yeah. We have black women on the roster? What do you mean they're main eventing? <laughs> who, who did that? <laughs> Fucking hell, Vince. And again, let's just clarify that, that comment as well before people get upset about it. I think it is fantastic that people of different backgrounds have that representation at the top of the card. I yeah. just don't think that WWE need to continually bang the drum of look at our, look how great we're doing. Look what we should have done 15 years ago. But they so, should have been doing it for the last 30, 40 years. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. And they weren't. It's, That's it. it's yeah. great. They're doing it now, but they shouldn't be like waving a big banner going, look what we're doing. Because if you read between, it's like, why haven't you been doing it before? Mate, we're watching shows regularly for this podcast from 2014. That's not that long ago, and that women's division is a fucking disgrace. It's a disgrace. It's sexy. <sighs> so, um, uh, Tax, can you remind me why these two lads are in a team in the first place and why they're feuding? Because I couldn't quite work it out. Well, Rich, would you believe it? I have it on no authority whatsoever. This is the first ever Muslim tag team to tag on a WWE pay-per-view. Oh, good stuff. No, no, wait a second, no. So because is there Mustafa, a story Mustafa, associated with that? Yes. <laughs> Mustafa okay. Ali has discovered Mansoor, and Mansoor's trying to be like, oh, we can be friends. And Mustafa Ali's going, no, I'm the only Muslim in WWE. And Mustafa oh. Ali's going, can we both, can we both, you know, I think there's room in WWE these days for multiple people from different ethnic backgrounds. No, said Mustafa Ali. Vince only wants one of everything, mainly white middle-aged men. Oh, everywhere. <laughs> I, but I tell you what, though, Mustafa Ali, why don't we be a tag team together and then Vince will get confused and think we both look the same. Great idea. Let's be a tag team. So they tag together for a little bit and they fall out. Can they coexist as a tag team? Mansoor being the good, happy baby face, Mustafa Ali being the slightly bitter heel. And, you know, can, and this storyline's gone really quick to, oh my God, can they coexist too? Oh shit, we're feuding. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard this story of a tag team being broken up and can they coexist and blah, 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 ever in WWE. They've never done that before, have they? No. I mean, it's amazing they didn't give them the tag straps because that's what they always did with Cena and his multiple tag partners who are always his enemy. Yeah. Both lads are wearing blue and gold tights. Tag team. So Mansoor has some red, Mustafa Ali has some orange. Do you see how I said their names correctly more than once there? Well, you've obviously not been to WWE commentary school. 
Michael fucking Cole. Jesus Christ. Uh, one thing I did notice about this match was uh, Mansour has the same moveset as Virgil in 1992. <laughs> Mansour has the same skill level as Virgil in 1992. It's literally like Mustafa Ali is fucking awesome. Seems like the most likable human being in existence. I mean, Obviously, he's going to be a heel. <laughs> could you imagine had he not got hurt in like with with um Brian's return? Well, sorry, with Kofi Mania. Because it was, yeah. they were pitching it to go for like Mustafa Ali versus Daniel Bryan at the big show, not Paul White's house, at Mania for the belt, the Eco yeah. Championship at the time, rather than like, Kofi. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Like, Dragon Kofi was really, really good. But um, Mustafa Ali, I think, is every time I see this guy in the ring, I forget how good he is, like before the match. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's fucking outstanding. He can cut a promo. He looks fucking gorgeous. Dear, that's a good-looking dude, man. <laughs> like, everything about him. He's like positive reinforcement, representation. Like, this is a guy. Like, let's use this guy, please. Let's, like, what should we do? Put him with the other Muslim lad. It'll be fine. <laughs> and also, like, to add, on, to add on to that as well, like, every gimmick he's been given has been a shit gimmick, and he's genuinely i feel for him because he's always seems to be like right i'm gonna retribution guy yeah retribution guy guy with all like the dj flashing body kit before he got injured now he's Mm. got to be like the angry chap in a in a a tag team it's like someone needs to take this lad to tna and put him in the main event yeah maybe i think he'd really fit into that um if he's not going to go aw eventually a junior heavyweight in new japan he'd be fucking outstanding probably run that division for a while it'd be outstanding rather than will mm. osprey who can't wrestle in triple a because you know cheers new japan for having a deal with cmll so i don't have to have will osprey in my beautiful mexican promotion oh but it does mean that we get this whole mix of um we can't have this triple a aw new japan thing as much as we'd like to have it though yeah, but there's only a couple of people from AAA I want to come to AW, and you know it's our boy Murder Clown and you know Psycho Clown being in GCW that was good. Mm. I, I can't wait till he jobs out everyone in AW. It'd be fucking great. <laughs> Imagine Moxley <laughs> getting fucking job to Psycho Clown in five minutes on main event. <laughs> Imagine Marco oh. Stunt versus Psycho Clown. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Mansoor's move set right. Literally, I took notes. He does a drop kick. He does an arm drag, and he does a chop. He spends the rest of the match selling while holding the ropes. He is literally Virgil. <laughs> he's, re- he's wrestling trainee first match for Babyface. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how long has he been training now? Like three, four years at least? Uh, 55 million a show. Exactly. Um, one thing I will uh, say for Mansoor as a positive, when he was on Raw a couple of weeks before this, he dressed up in El Matador Tito Santana's attire. Oh, okay, that's cool. Outstanding. <laughs> The only way you could better it is if he came out in like, you know, purple and silver, but that's reserved for a certain gentleman in NXT currently who better fucking do it. <laughs> he better fucking come out in purple and silver. He won't. Mm. He fucking better tax. I'm starting to grow a little impatient with our man. <laughs> well, especially as it's a case of you, what you need, Mr. Wagner, because you mm. seem to be struggling a little bit with charisma. So what the we'll music? do is we'll put you with the, the charisma vacuum. Carl no. O'Reilly. He needs the fucking music. He needs the genius, you know, reading poetry. He needs silver and fucking purple sparkly capes, okay? Like I'm not having anything else. Again, as the rebranded World of Wagner podcast continues. 
stuff anyway, on me is back, really back, fucking good. He does everything he can to get this kid over. Uh, no laughing matter by Mansour. Yes, I called it. <laughs> but he sells the neck. I was like, is that a thing in this match? Fair enough. Uh, Kevin Dunn cuts away from every single important moment in this fucking match. <sighs> WWE production in this match is so fucking impressive. Apart from the direction, which is fucking dog shit. Literally doesn't move off the top here's a kid in the crowd <laughs> they go for a pinfall he kicks out oh here's michael cole <laughs> just like stop cutting just leave it on the fucking hard cam if you can't fucking direct properly well you know no one wants to see these two people for the first time in a pay-per-view match jesus christ man like like WWE's direction is usually annoying but they show the important shit this particular match like seriously if if you're so inclined to go back and watch this match and think about every important moment of storytelling. And I guarantee the camera is on something else rather than these two in the ring. The camels. Like, I'm not even joking. It's literally, it's camels, it's people in the front row, it's a kid in the crowd, it's a sign, it's the commentary, it's like the fucking turnbuckle because the camera guy's not pointing in the right direction. It's just, oh, it's awful. Anyway, uh, Mustafa Ali misses a couple of 450s. Uh, slingshot neck breaker by Mansour for the one, two, three. The winner is Mansour. Good stuff. I mean, what we really need, though, because we've cut away from this match a lot. You know what we need at Crown Jewel, Rich? You know what we need what as a we WWE? Need? We need a celebrity. We Ooh. need a celebrity of some kind. <laughs> yes, a celebrity, you say? So I'm going to trawl through... Can he do through... kicks, Tax? <laughs> well, I'm going to trawl through my uh, file of facts of celebrities who can make it into KSA. Um... Ooh. Can we have one that got like beaten up the day before, like some sort of nightclub? So he's got like busted up face. Does that sound good? I think that's really what we need. But <laughs> who could? Possibly... Not that I'm saying that's what happened. By the way, I'm just 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 joking. It's fine. What <laughs> we need, though, think back to a Royal Rumble a long time ago when you've got mm. Chuck Norris, a karate hero, a karate legend, that's coming funny. down to the ring and wheel kicking Jeff Jarrett onto his ass, and Vince McMahon goes. You know what we need? We need the Arabic Chuck Norris. And at that point, Bruce Pritchard goes, I know at a 2020 Olympic karate silver medalist. When this lad comes out, there's some delightfully generic music that goes, Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no way. Wait, Kai and Tyre here? (laughs) When, Yeah! I'm like, here comes a Saudi ninja. What the fuck? <laughs> this is great. He was in retribution once. <laughs> I was in fits of laughter, dude. The second I saw this dude coming out with his face covered up like a fucking ninja, and the music goes, Hia! <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm in. Whatever this is, I'm totally in. I was so happy that um, Saudi Glacier arrived. <laughs> oh, mate. If only they had the snowfall and the spotlight as the do 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 do. Blood runs everywhere. I mean, blood runs cold. Ah, fucking hell. So it's Tarek Humdi, apparently, according to Michael Cole. Pretty sure that's not his name, but you know, Michael Cole is Michael Cole. Tarek Humdi. That is correct. But he says Humdi, like he's from Alabama or something. Oh my god, I'm going to get in my Humvee. No, no, Tarek no, Humdi. It's not a car. You're not renting a Humvee. It's Tarek Humdi. Yeah, that's what I said. He drives a Humvee. Oh, Fucking so hell, Michael Cole. So funny. 
Uh, he's apparently a karate Olympic silver medalist, so you couldn't get the gold medalist, obviously. You know. Well, you know, but luckily he was allowed to keep his hands for not winning the gold, so it's okay. Yeah, fucking loser. So <laughs> swift kick to Mustafa's face. Brilliant. Um, yeah, should we move on? I mean, pff, fuck it. Nothing to say about the match, really, is there? Nothing at all. Needs to be said. But, cool. you know, what we haven't had so far is probably a video package for a while. Um, an in-ring mm. segment. Is this the part where we have... Oh, sorry, my notes are a bit jumbled. Is this the part where we have Natty and Titus in the ring? Yes. With the beautiful pink belts. Now, in fairness to WWE, mm. their outreach, their genuine charitable work for tax deduction is very, very <laughs> <hard> <laughs> The cynicism. Wow. But I, I, don't, I don't deny the wrestlers genuinely care about this subject matter. So sure. having Titus, um, end of the video package, Natty, Neidhart, and four survivors from cancer in the ring with, with pink belts, that was a nice touch. And again, to have the female involvement in the show again, wouldn't have had that six shows ago. So I think yep. really good, supporting the charities, identifying that there are these specific sort of cancer charities, for breast cancer charities for the women of Saudi Arabia. Again, really positive message. So whilst I jest about it, probably the most sincere part of the show yeah absolutely uh and here's michael cole to tell us why saudi arabia is so great plane stacks they've got fucking planes but do they have missiles like our friend in north korea <laughs> i suspect they might <laughs> <So> <laughs> next up is the wwe raw tag team title match of rk bro fucking randy orton hell. and riddle <laughs> can't just say that well we're the we, current champions we've changed his name due to legal reasons no one will know it's him <sighs> drop versus, his first name no one will google it <laughs> speaking of names versus aj styles and <clears throat> his personal colossus <laughs> omos oh almost yeah. <laughs> personal colossus that's, that's the name of a dildo right <laughs> pretty sure that i've named a vericule in my left testicle <laughs> Without the personal colossus, you know, it's got <laughs> ten vibration settings. <laughs> oh, my, I honestly could not stop laughing. He's like his personal colossus, not the colossus or whatever. It's AJ Styles, his personal colossus, Omos, and he's like Omos or whatever his name is. He's like, what? Like he's his pet or something? You know what's happened here. So AJ went behind everyone's back and kept on going to the ta- to Undertaker and going, okay, please can we wrestle in your last match? And they're like, okay, we'll go and do that. And then Vincent Mann was like, this guy shouldn't have too much power. He's from TNA and from Georgia. <laughs> and then the following year, he was like, come on, Triple H. I know there's a pandemic. Do you want to wrestle at Mania? Please, please, please. Expecting Triple H to buckle. And Triple H was like, I'm not fucking wrestling you. My father-in-law would kill me if again I went behind someone's match, his back to do a match of you. And then Vince is going, what's Dalton Castle doing here? No, no, that's AJ with different hair. Oh, fuck. I thought we said Dalton Castle. Well, we don't like him anymore. Put him not with just a Colossus, his own personal Colossus. <laughs> Adding the word own makes it sound almost endearing like his personal colossus i don't know why it's just oh it's so awful the fucking hell man so um 
I watched this video <laughs> package to start this because I'd not seen much of it leading up to it. The pre-match video tells us the story and it goes, Omos interfered in a match. Right? What, what a okay. dirty heel. The story here seems to be, oh, he's big and he... <laughs> he's a personal colossus. I, there's get- no fucking story. What is this shit? I'm just like, okay, he's a big dude. Yeah, so we've got Randy Orton, Matt Riddle, AJ Styles, and they're like, oh, but look at the big guy. <laughs> so stupid. Sorry, something's just popped up on my watch for work, and I've obviously not missed it. I've obviously missed a couple of messages, but someone who I've never met before from my work called Leonardo, I'm sure he's a nice chap, just went, hi, Tax. Nice meeting you. I'm here because of this conversation. <laughs> What conversation, Leonardo? What conversation? As soon as we get off this podcast, I'm going to look at my work stuff and I'm going to be like, what has happened in the world since you know I started podcasting again? But other than this conversation, I mean, maybe we're accidentally recording live and Leonardo is here for this conversation. <laughs> about ah, limit, his own. Not? If I'm going to message him back going, Leonardo, unless you have your own personal colossus, I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> Just send him a thing saying, like, can you know, can you give a shout out to Splinter for me or something? Just <laughs> Filthy rat. <laughs> yeah, fucking A. Um, so, uh, yeah, Omos is big. Riddle's first name is still missing. Uh, Randy looks like he's about to defend the French monarchy. <laughs> 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 I like that one. Uh, Riddle rides on a, a camel to the fucking ring. I'll say that line again. Riddle rides on a camel to the fucking ring tax. Well, you know, definitely had the hump. <laughs> okay, here's a nice example of Michael Cole being a fucking cunt. You know, as he's riding to the ring on the camel, Michael Cole's like, oh, it's, it's an adjumbo cattle. Did you know it's, cause it's got one hump? Like, Shut the fuck up. He's riding to the ring on a fucking camel. Put it over, you prick. I mean, pretty sure this is the first time a camel has made a pay per view appearance since uh, Caesar's Palace when Bobby Heenan came out on it. Is that. Uh, yeah. I wonder whether someone like the Sultan or... Don't be a racist. <laughs> <laughs> I swear someone came out on a camel once. Oh, Leonardo's did, messaged uh, again. And he said, I'd love to catch up with you sometime. Since when did my work Slack channel become like <laughs> Tinder or Grinder? <laughs> Uh, blah 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 Orton and Riddle get in the ring like every great monster almost hops out the ring to make sure the faces get their pop in good lad understands the business <sighs> the one focus is that he's a scary monster and he's like oh yeah this is the bit where you get over so I have to get out of the ring right yeah no worries tell you what disappoints <laughs> me about his appearance he's a big dude he's a personal colossus but he's got the weirdest of little gangster gold chain he needs he bigger does. chains mm, definitely I agree with this statement the bell rings and I'm ding, ding. quite looking forward to this match at this point. I'm like, okay, I'll buy into this ridiculous he's a big dude and there's three other guys I don't mind at all. Like, AJ Styles is fucking incredible. Matt Reels is pretty decent. I know you're not a fan. I really like a lot of Randy Orton's work. I'm not gonna lie. He's boring as fuck sometimes, especially in 2014. Well, Nera, not too bad. I can buy into the giant massive guy as well. But Michael Cole chimes in and wants me to make to rip my fucking ears off. <laughs> If you're Riddle and Orton, you have to work out the riddle. Excuse the pun of Omos. Yeah, should we just go to the finish after that comment? Fucking hell. I mean, this is the problem, as you said, for out. 
it's one of those it's almost like a sort of joke we'd say on this podcast to be like oh gotta fix this riddle <laughs> this this is WWE's lead commentator and he literally went if you're Riddle and Orton you have to work out the riddle excuse the pun of almost like he's a fucking genius and you're like you're a fucking dumbass there's only one genius Stop it's it. Lanny Poffo <laughs> Oh, such a... Just fuck off, Michael Cole. Jesus Christ. Uh, this match is more pantomime... Blah. This match is more pantomime than a fucking pantomime. And if you... Uh, well, how are you? He's behind you. <laughs> uh, phenomenal forearm by AJ. Gets caught by an RKO to Orton. I can't say words anymore. I'm fucking nose. Uh, floating bro... His spin, spinny front Fucking flop sent on thing. Floating bro. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> For the one, two, three. And RK bro retain in a super silly pantomime slapstick match. It's kind of dumb. House and because, show match. Yeah. And because Orton did the RKO, Cole and Graves have to chime up. The three most devastating letters in WWE out of nowhere. Three most devastating letters in WWE. Rukao out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Fucking shut the fuck up, you dumb cunts. <laughs> I think you'll find the most uh, devastating letters in WWE are KSA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking A. Why do they say this shit every single fucking time? Shut up. Just shut the fuck up. Vince and Bruce on headsets. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, I almost feel sorry for them, but like, we've done so much Michael Cole recently that I just can't fucking listen to him, and having a week off, because I had to deal with some, like, fucking horrible family shit and stuff, that went well, by the way, so I'm good, don't worry about it, lovely listener, you know, <laughs> but then to come back to Michael Cole again, and he's still doing the same bullshit, just like, protest michael stand up for yourself if you can do better than this do better like come on don't sell out anymore i believe in you you can do it <laughs> you're a former war correspondent <laughs> but you know what rich fuck so i'm gonna move on from this match and earlier please we do. had wwe aneurysm if you don't so like we had wwe you know racial profiling its talent they put two, like Mustafa Ali and Mansoor together for no reason other than the fact they thought it'd be a good mix and nothing else. Well, sure. we have a backstage segment and we've got everyone's favourite Irish interviewer, Kevin Patrick, and he's backstage with Becky Lynch. Hang on, Rich. Why have these two been paired together, I wonder? <laughs> because Vince just wanted to hear these words. <laughs> just over and over again. I, I have a genuine, I, a terrible, it reflects badly on me story, but I will share it on this podcast. Go for it. So in a, my, one of my previous jobs, I had to spend quite a lot of time working in Ireland and sort of doing the software stuff and sort of lots of uh, audit um, bits over in Ireland. Sure. And I'd always, obviously, I'd have to stay in a hotel when I was there. And again, I'm going to Ireland maybe once or twice a month. And... It would always tickle me when the lovely people in reception would always say to me, okay, okay, Mr. Tax Williams, you're going to be staying on the third floor. <laughs> third floor. <laughs> There's a turd on the floor. Nice, I love it. And, um, and always they would say, thanks a million. But obviously in heavy Irish accent, it sounds like, oh, thanks a million. It's like, oh, I've got a million tanks now. <laughs> and, <laughs> love and it. Ge- and genuinely, I will say this to any of our Irish list- listeners, 
um, from the Republic of. I've also been to Northern Ireland, but this is mainly in the Republic and predominantly in Dublin. Your city is one of the most amazing places I've been to visit. And genuinely, if OTT weren't full of cunts, I'd love to come over and watch some wrestling. Sure. No, I'm mostly Celtish, so it's fine. I can get away with that. Uh, <laughs> right? I think that's how it works. Yeah. Let's let's go on you, it for you the, know, the concept of rap music and it should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people do those DNA tests, right? And they come back with like, oh, I'm 10%. Eurasian and I'm ten percent African. And, I'm, ooh, say, I'm ten percent uranium. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, Eurasian. But you know what I mean. It's like people have those DNA tests done. Yeah. They always come back with these really interesting things. So you my, mean lies? My, well, I mean, who knows? Um, but my dad um, uh, had it done or did it uh, because my stepmom, who's uh, Brazilian, whose heritage is like you know Italian, Portuguese, Brazilian. Like a bit African, a bit European, right? So hers was really interesting and like diverse and stuff. My dad's got his and it says, <laughs> You are English. <laughs> it was like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> it was like, You are 30% Celtic and 70% British. And it was like, All right, cool. <laughs> there was nothing else. It was so funny. Oh God! I never forget Money him well telling spent. me about it. It's pissing myself laughing. Ah, oh, it's not very exotic, but yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Becky Lynch chats with the Irish lad backstage. It's it's genuinely entertaining to hear them go trippity trippity trip when they're talking she's, about triple threat. She's a brick wall to stop everyone's momentum and doesn't appreciate the role. Kevin Patrick telling her the rules of a triple threat match. I know the rules of a triple threat match, Kevin Patrick. It's good shit. Uh, video spot, a new era of SmackDown tomorrow night. Don't worry, it'll be just as shit as the last new era. But it's a season premiere. <laughs> yeah. Also, we get another video package because they have to do at least three or four between every single fucking match. Uh, Charlotte Flair is good. At dropping the belt on the floor. Yeah. I enjoyed that segment. Added well, some I thought attention. it was really good. Yeah. yeah Genuinely. I think, I think people have been worked. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, Andra- and- Andrade and Pack. Mm. Oh, tasty. Tasty, tasty, tasty. Good stuff. Really good stuff. Andrade, Park, Ali Black, Cody Rhodes, all in that little feud together. Mm. Yeah, throw me in some Lucha Bros and maybe, you know, a couple of other boys here and there from Mexico. <laughs> I'm a happy Murder, boy. Clown. Murder, clown. <laughs> Can you imagine if he turns up in the Hulk suit? <laughs> Give me Murder Clown versus Lance Archer. Bruh. Yes, please. Have him actually do a work crate match? What are you talking about? No, he squashes the little guys. <laughs> that's how this works. No, he squashes Lance Archer. <laughs> I forgot that's how we book Murder Clown. Yeah. And then he DDTs Jake Roberts. <laughs> that's that's what I want. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Takes the snake. He becomes the snake guy. That's his gimmick now. He can choose to use it whenever he wants. Right? Mr. Iguana gets eaten by Murder Clown. Yeah, absolutely. Kenny Omega main event. One, two, three. <laughs> At you go. Should we go on to the Queen's Crown final? I want to talk about Murder Clown, boy. Is that all right? <laughs> no, we've run long already. <laughs> all right. Queen's Crown 2021 final match. It's It's not the Queen of the Ring because, you know, the Prince Dad won't be happy. Uh, it's Delina Vega versus... <laughs> <clears throat> struggling to say attacks Piper, Piper Niven Piper Niven yeah exactly to drop 
Dewdrop. Dewdrop. Mm. In a lovely T-shirt. What a lovely, fun, colourful. Someone at WWE got confused and made a T-shirt that wasn't black. I'm happy for the lass in that she's getting paid and she's getting somewhat of a spotlight. But fuck, she's so good and such a badass. What is this dewdrop bullshit? It's, it's, I started trying to think about like what, what they've created. It's like Robbie E without the comedy. And the last that was... Who's the last that was shagging old man Flair last year? Oh, Lacey Evans. Yeah, but with a bit of Lorraine Kelly as well. <laughs> You're just like... <laughs> Who thought to do this? I mean, P- Piper is an absolute sweetheart in she's the real world. She yeah. is, and in the rings, there not very few people in that on that WWE roster can touch her for talent, skill, work rate, anything. She is top draw, but hindered once again from actually getting any form of notoriety by a stupid gimmick name. Fucking a. And a stupid story, a stupid gimmick of betrayal, however you want to put it. It's like, just, just leave her the fuck alone. Let her wrestle. Let her, be a, let her be herself. She'll be fine. And certainly, let her be Miss Union Union, I Want My OnlyFans page. Oh, how much money? Stick to your guns, yeah. Alina. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cole goes, there's a grit. and never back down in Vega. <laughs> Love it. I support unionization <laughs> till I want money. Well, I'll sell out and also shit on other aspects of the industry as much as possible. And I get called out on my bullshit, you know. Yeah. I still, I, this is a thing, right? And I know this is going to sound a bit, you know, you, you don't know people's personal lives or circumstances, but it's like you've just released my husband. You've ignored. You fired me because I spoke up about being able to do things for myself as an independent contractor. So I'm going to re-sign for you as my husband turns around and goes, no one in your legal department knows how to do a contract. It's 30 days. Ah, wankers. It just seems an odd move to go back. I could never get my head around it. And like, you know, shitting on my employment as much as possible as well did not make me the happiest of people. Oh, God, no. Yeah, she uh, has what not... What a cunty thing to do. <laughs> I'm just like, no. You can do whatever you want. You can backtrack as much as you choose to. I don't give a fuck. We're reporting the facts about it. Don't call us liars because we reported the fucking facts. I say we. I had nothing to do with it. But you know what I mean. I work for them. Also, what irked me in this match was that she felt she was Amazing Red. That bothered me so much. Yeah, fucking A. <laughs> There's a good bit with Cole here where he chats about the magnitude of the situation. I'm like, yeah, one little slip of that bodysuit. We've got a fucked up situation here, mate. <laughs> Code red, one, two, three. Vega wins. Who gives a fuck? She's the queen. I think this was probably the thing they, they were waiting for to give her something. But I guarantee that she'll probably <laughs> do some kind <laughs> of fucking British <laughs> accent gimmick now. Mate, give, give him a month. Not to remember this. She'll be jobbing again. All I will say is Piper Niven is an absolute sweetheart and fair play to her for wrestling in KSA. Well done for her for getting to WWE and getting oh, yeah. on the main roster and getting Positive her money. Women stuff. Yeah, definitely. Excellent, excellent stuff. But no one gives a shit about this. Nope. On we go. 
Goldberg <clears throat> has a license to kill video package. Well, he's in the right country. <laughs> so many jokes, so little time. But it did make me think of like, so, okay. Um, did you ever play the game GoldenEye or see the movie GoldenEye? I enjoyed the N64 game GoldenEye where for funsies, we would always put on slappers only and just run yeah, around having to basically, it. yeah. Proximity mine for the win. But um, Oh, yes. So, you know, the song GoldenEye. Oh, no, probably not. It was a long time ago. Oh, very why? Because <laughs> now I've got like, Goldenberg, <laughs> please, like leather. <laughs> oh, it's in the proper James Bond theme. Golden yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got that. I've got that. I've got Tina Turner sings like, you know, Golden, nah, lace and leather, but I've got Goldenberg face He's like leather. He's the man with the Goldberg <laughs> touch. <laughs> Ah, it's great shit. So, no holds barred, fools count anywhere. Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. Going into this, everyone was like, Bobby Lashley's going to win, right? And I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? Of course he's not going to win. It's Goldberg. It's Saudi. Of course he's getting a fucking job. Please, um, can we have Lashley versus Lesnar? Please, can we have Lashley versus Lesnar? Yeah, I don't think they're going to give it to us, you know? I mean, there's more chance of this than uh, Goldberg versus Riddle. And Goldberg versus oh god, that'd be good. Uh, sorry, and Riddle that. versus Lesnar. Mm. Although True. actually, Lesnar wouldn't give a shit because Lesnar would take the money. I, th- I think they might do it eventually, but uh, WWE tend not to give me what I want at this point. Give me what I want, but um, you know, who knows? Uh, I will say, uh, Bobby Lashley main event, big fan, have been for a long time. Bobo in the black on black long tights, that's some gang shit right there. He looks fucking awesome. Get ready. I'm glad you're sitting down to record this. Best Goldberg match since he's been back. Yep. Agree. It's not it's not a high bar, let's be honest, but it's it's, I mean, it's not it's all right. Last time we saw him, he killed the Undertaker. So at least here, mm. he's yeah. He tried to kill Lashley, but Lashley no sold it and walked away. <laughs> Oldberg almost fell out of his dressing room door when the security knocked on the door. That was quite fun. Because <laughs> he was struggling to stand up because he's very old now, like me. Yeah. Do you remember that uh, Rollins and Edge had a chain earlier this evening that was heavily involved in their match? Hey, no one talks backstage about what they're doing in their matches. Start of the match, Bobby grabs the chain out of his tights and the bell rings and goes to town on Billy. Uh, Cole calls the ladder a table. Was Billy in the trousers or were we talking Billy Goldberg? (laughs) Oh, hello. (laughs) Cole calls the ladder a table. I am every single ladder. fucking show every single fucking show dude i swear to god michael cole does not know the difference between chairs ladders and tables no like, I know, <laughs> like, like it's an easy mistake to make like i totally get it i'm sure you've done it i've definitely done it but it, it's michael cole he's the lead commentator of wwe and i swear every single fucking show he makes this mistake at least once but is it him saying or is it vince in the headset cole he slammed him through a ladder vince it's a table Ladder! Ladder! He's just slamming for a ladder. Good boy. Yeah, he knows me. Uh, Spears, Jackhammer, Oldberg randomly steps up and struggles to take off his gloves. It's quite funny for a little <laughs> bit. Uh, Oldie gets his knee stuck on the apron as he joins Bobbo on the outside. Uh, another pay-per-view where someone does a spear through the bell ringer area. It's like, is that every pay-per-view this year someone's done that now? I mean, it might be a riddle. Excuse the pun. Betty got his Ooh. bell rung. <laughs> See, mockery. <laughs> Michael Cole would legit say that at a show. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm so great, me. Look at me. 
Oh. Everyone does this spot where they go through that little fucking sidewall thing. Every single fucking show. It's like, why? Just just don't do it for one show. Well, that could be said about everyone in, in AEW just setting up Excalibur to go, ah, Tope Suicida. Yeah, sure. Hurt Business takes some bumps for some oldie. They do a cool spear off the ramp through some tables. Really, really fun spot. One, two, three. Winner is Oldberg. Lesnar, sorry, Lashley no sells it, walks away after like they've gone, oh my God, Lashley's dead. Oh, he's not dead. Oh. <laughs> but Again, didn't, Goldberg promise, didn't Goldberg promise death? I did not get yeah. death in this match. He's got a license to kill. Didn't use it, did he? Left it in the airport. Son of a bitch. Um, genuinely good match. Love the end spot. They fell quite a long way and they fell quite safely as well. So I'm happy about that. Don't want to see people die or whatever. Uh, unless, you know, it's been promised, then <laughs> well, whatever. Um, so, much I mean, Bischoff, like with... Bischoff promised us HLA and we got it, so it's all right. Yeah, factual. So, uh, like with Edge earlier, my question is, Goldberg wins, so why? Contract. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, is Goldberg going to the title scene now? Because that's the natural progression, right? Well, have you, other than the ladies, have you not noticed the run so far? Even though they were technically a heel team wrestling's face. Usos, win, face. Edge, wins, face. Mansour, wins, face. Riddle, RK Bro, wins, face. Queen's Cup, no one cares. It's women in Saudi Arabia, apparently per Vince. Um, Goldberg versus Lashley, face wins if you look through the rest of the card rich do you see a Facey. heel winning any of these matches yeah it's facing mcfaces isn't it yeah mm. send the fans home happy <clears throat> oh well so survivor series video package there's a kid in an arsenal shirt behind cole big up yourself i see you scraped past what was it burnley yesterday i mean lucas mora is a bigger saint than piper niven <laughs> As my <laughs> turd football team continues. But in fairness, I, I, I tell you what's been quite nice. Um, my colleague Warren, who is lovely chap, love working with Warren um, at the company I work for. He's, he's based in Toronto in Canada. And I started watching on Netflix the All or Nothing series for the Maple Leafs. Right, and cool. I was like, well, I've got a friend who's in Toronto. I want to you know, immerse myself a bit more in ice hockey. This would be great. And I was like... Maple Leafs haven't won fuck all for 55 years now. Brilliant. It's Tottenham, <laughs> it's Tottenham on ice. Have you chosen the Leafs as your, as your team? Well, in fairness, I did, the only ice hockey game I've been to was pre-season in Nashville with the Nashville Predators. But, you know, I like okay. Warren more than Nashville. I think the Preds won a championship relatively recently. So you could go Preds, but like, you know, no. it's hockey. So traditionally, you should go at least Northern American, if not Canadian. Exactly. So I, the, the Maple Leafs are there. And as I said, you know, Based on my football team choice, Maple Leafs fit in the usual levels of you know, crippling <laughs> disappointment and flattering to deceive. Sure. So uh, I'm a Bruins fan, so Boston Bruins. And uh, they, they, they're quite Arsenal. They win shit occasionally, but they tend to kind of always get to like that semi-main event thing and then let you down. So it's like, yeah, I can appreciate this sentiment. Bloody upper mid-card hockey team. <laughs> yeah, but the Bruins get in fights a lot, so it's quite fun. I enjoy that bit. <laughs> so. I care about the sport, obviously. I don't just watch it for the fights. What do you mean? Uh, Brock Roman contract signing recap. Which Home was very I... well done. Very yeah. well done. <laughs> you some type of dumbass. <laughs> Which was a great line. He's like, you know, now my 
What does he call him? My advocate. That's the one. Et cetera, et My cetera, personal colossus. Personal colossus for Hayworth. Hayworth promo pre-show is pretty good as well. Yeah, really good. I'll be walking in with the Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, and I'll be leaving with the Universal Champion. He pulled a Ric Flair at SummerSlam 92. With a tear in his eye. Yeah, exactly, man. It's good shit. Who are you going to be in? I'm going to be in the corner of the winner. Who else? Woo! Oh, yeah, we don't like Ric Flair anymore, do we? Oh, fuck, I forgot about that. Anyway, <laughs> King of the Ring 2021 final match of Finn Balor versus Xavier Woods. Uh, there's a joke about Balor being a prince somewhere here, but moving on, who gives a shit? Uh, Creed is stalling during his entrance. The camera pans around and we see the crew members fixing the ring. You're like, so, so why did we stall if you're just going to turn the camera around to fucking show it? <laughs> Do you know, it reminds me of a horrific gig I did when I was uh, younger, obviously, because I don't do music anymore because I've got a child and can't have any free time to myself. Um, yeah. It's no career in music. I was playing a, <laughs> a an event uh, which my friend had booked us in for, and it was called a music marathon to raise money for someone who was obviously running the London Marathon. And I looked in mm. it, I saw it was a black tie event. I found this out when I arrived in basketball top and jean shorts. And I was like, what the oh, fuck? Lovely. Like, and the rest of the band had turned up in normal clothing as well. We played like um, thrice sort of style music. And as we were setting up, I looked across the hall to see all these people in tuxedos. And I said to my friend John, this is going to be a fucking disaster. And he <laughs> said, yes, shall we not play it? And I said, yes, let's go home. And then our singer said, no, it's, it's good. We've been asked to play. We should do it. Let's not be rude. And the drummer's dad had come along to watch. Um, and we're in like, this would be in our like early mid-twenties. So it's, it's all right to still have your dad come and watch a show. So our drummer was there and he was video cameraing us. And we watched the footage back. And at one point during like the third song, he panned across to then see no one in the room and then panned back to us. And that's what this camera effect so we essentially showed me going, we don't want to see what's over here. Oh, fuck, we've just shown it. It's panned back slowly. It wasn't even a cut. It was literally the camera panned. Ah, it's great stuff. Yeah, it's good fun. Uh, so, uh, Balor grounds Woods with a more technical style to start the match because they're both fucking faces and someone has to try and tell a fucking story here. Does it, I mean, what's the story? Woods really wants to be king of the ring for some fucking reason? Because they'll never give him the real belt. So at least he can... Uh, well, I suspect, this is where, where I wonder if they're going to go this way, that Woods is going to become a pain in the ass, and then it's going to lead to Kofi versus Woods at Mania. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll see. That'll put you know, this really lovable Xavier Woods guy, who's got this really lovable channel where he shows his personality and how he's a really decent human being and Kofi, who we all fell in love with over the last few years. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and the fact that the New Day have been fantastic and kept themselves, did their like triple contract negotiation where they all agreed to have the same money so they could all be on the same, so no one earned more yeah. than anyone else, that sort of thing. You know, all stand up nice guys. Yeah, they're going to fuck it up, aren't they? <laughs> We've got something good that people like. Let's ruin it. Destroy it. <laughs> I'm going to inject a poison into the WWE. And it's called Peacock. Yeah, fucking A. Uh, build to the finish with big spots missing, getting reversed. Some really good wrestling here. 
Uh, Woods does a sloppy suplex gut buster type thing, which leads to Woods doing his walk along the top rope, do a bit of a jump and a macho elbow for the one, two, three. Um, don't know how I feel about Xavier Woods going over Finn Balor like this. And what does that mean now? Like, are they going to turn Woods? Is he doing a face king gimmick? Is that going to work? I just don't think so. Again, it's why? Why is this the decision? I don't understand what this progresses, where we go from here. Uh, shout out to one of your um, your employer's rivals uh, websites where sometimes That's fine, you I... can say the name. Oh, Wrestling Inc. <laughs> okay. You work at WrestleTalk, but I would sometimes read the news on Wrestling Inc because I don't mind the work of Justin Labar. It's all right. And um, I like um, Alfred Kanoa. I think they're quite good on their podcast, but cool. sometimes... I don't I work for the website team. Don't worry about it. They're cunts. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Love you, Andy. Hello. <laughs> one of my favorite things for Wrestling Inc where they said, oh, uh, there's been a... And I love a typo on a professional website. Or uh, WWE have decided to change the name from uh, King Woods to King Woods. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. There's a dick so, joke there, but I'm sorry. Yeah, correct. Well, I can't follow that up. So uh, let's move on. King Woods with your his personal colossus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bet he does. Oh God! Uh, yeah, he says all hail King Xavier, and I'm like, surely it's King Woods, no? It's the last name, right? It should be, but you know, where? Why have rules? Yeah, his cape falls off, and he has to crown him, crown himself. Know, Way so. <laughs> King has to do, had to crown himself uh, good and proper with one of <laughs> Rollins' catch rags. Mate, at the end of this, you know I'm talking about exaggeration with Cole. Cole says this line where he relates Woods winning the King of the Ring to Kofi and Biggie winning the World Heavyweight Championship. And I'm like, come on. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) Fair play to WWE putting the logo on the crown now. Oh, I didn't even notice. I was just like, I just don't give a fuck. At this point, I was like... Can we just get on with it? Like, let's get the big guys out and have them beat the shit out of each other. And that's what they did. Lovely transition. That's how I felt. Like, do you want to talk about that match anymore? I mean, there's nothing to really talk about. No. Faces having a match. Who gives a shit? Exactly. And the good thing we'll follow that up with faces having a match. Yeah, exactly. Big E, the champion. Let's fucking go. Versus Drew McIntyre, who's fucking incredible. <laughs> I, forget, I always forget how good Drew is. Because they book him like a fucking jobs body. <laughs> He's fucking incredible. Don't forget, this match Drew is McIntyre, insane. Drew McIntyre accompanied by sword. Yeah, fucking A, man. I'm totally down for him carrying the bastard sword around. It looks fucking awesome. These but two like, boys are what WWE look like and should look like. And bruh, look like. big boys bumping me. I'm all about it. <laughs> what was great. it What was it? Um, that Big E said about he wanted his match with Goldberg? Because it'd be like, was it big meaty men? and Yeah, bumping oh, me. Bumping me or things like that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But this was great. This was really good fun. <sighs> is there's no fucking story. Two phases. Oh, no, there's, Drew, there on. is a story because Drew couldn't challenge while Lashley was champion. That's not a story. That's a matter of convenience. <laughs> and they took the belt off and then Drew turned up and went, well, like anyone would. I couldn't do it before, but now I can and therefore I shall. Yeah. Ah, there's just, there's no tension. There's no rivalry. That's not storytelling. That's not how it works. Do you know what I mean? Look at how they've booked fucking, uh, I'm not going to do the AEW thing, like, but like, uh, MJF and Darby. Look how they've booked that feud. It's fucking brilliant. Like, I care. I don't like Darby Allen. I like MJF's promos. But I'm not as that keen on his matches. I can't wait to see that fucking match now. 
because they built a story. It's not complicated. <laughs> but Drew couldn't challenge for three months, and now he can. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> His sword is called Angela, apparently. I'm like, Colossus is a well better name. <laughs> what is it, right, with these inanimate objects being named by wrestlers? Like, Abyss had Janice. Yeah. Who last time I checked it. was a nasal woman from Friends. Yeah, true. Janice. Speaking of inanimate objects, Michael Cole can't say the words WWE Championship. <laughs> I'm like, fucking hell. Diabolical. Again, commentary <laughs> ruins this very fun match. Had I turned it off, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Bro, Corey Graves, is this a duck on a pond situation? Fine on the surface, but underneath, chaos. <laughs> Those fucking ducks and their chaos-ridden flippers. What the fuck are they playing at? Ah, you non-buoyant bastards. Kick your little web feet. <laughs> no, no, the top half is fine. It's the underneath that's dangerous. Those fucking orange flipper cunts. <laughs> it's chaos. Oh, my God. One just took out a fish. <laughs> when they duck down, does that mean that like, the head <laughs> is now chaos? <laughs> Corey Graves. I used to defend this guy, but what a cunt. What an awful fucking commentator wow. he is. <laughs> that is the dumbest fucking line I think I've ever heard on WWE commentary. There's been some real fucking stinkers over the years. Is it a duck on a pond situation? Fine on the surface, but underneath, pause, chaos. <laughs> There's one thing I hate in life, and it's those bloody duck on a pond situations. <laughs> fucking chaos ducks everywhere, mate. <laughs> That reminds me of like something that like Jamie Redknapp said. It was like up top, refrigerator, cool. Neck down, oven. <laughs> oh, <fuck>. <sighs> Big men do indeed bump their meat. Big fucking power moves, and I do mean big. These two are fucking great. Jumping suplexes, throwing each other across the ring. Big stiff strikes. It's fucking great, man. Oh, and a stretch muffler in this match as well. Loved it. Good to see a stretch Bro. muffler. Like that. Drew still being able to kip up at his size. What? He's unbelievable. And the, like, this is the pure sign of maturity and going back onto the indies, which is why when things open up a bit more, it's going to be so good for a lot of these released talent, especially the poor mm. women and men from ROH. Who are going to get to go and do their do their craft on the on a more regular base on the Indies without sort of Ring of Honor constraints? It's sure, but Drew, from when he went back to doing the Indies, what he did in TNA and his time in NXT, you could just tell that he is now the complete Luger. <laughs> Don't say that. He's the total package. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Luger, you had to throw Luger in there. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you seem to be having too much of a nice time. I thought I'd ruin it. Claymore connects. Big E kicks out at two. No problem. Can whatsoever. he do that, Joey? I'm fine with that. It's cool. It's it's a big match. It's a big moment. This is good. Big ending is a fucking terrible finisher, but he hits it for the one, two, three, and still WWE champion. Big E, no problem with that. Loved it. Drew is a fucking monster. Post match respect between the two. Yeah, it's fine. Served a purpose. Got Drew's title match out of the way. 
I'll be interested to see what they're going to do with him because obviously, you know, we're not far off. You know, Survivor Series is just a throwaway where we pretend to give a shit about who we work for, Raw yep. or SmackDown, and uh, we fucked it up when with the year we brought up NXT and they were really, really good and it was helpful to get them ratings. Um, yeah. But no one gives a shit. the 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 New Year's Day pay per view, no one will care. Then it's into Rumble, and I wonder if at Mania, if they don't let Damian Priest win the Rumble if they'll go with something like Drew Damian Priest as an interesting match to have? Here's an idea. Give Drew the belt the Intercontinental Championship and let him destroy everyone. And then have Drew versus Big E, face versus face at Mania, title versus title. Have them come down the ring on those little carts with the Absolute ring ropes fucking on it. Absolutely. 100%. Love it. Absolutely but love it. You know Drew's going to win at whatever ever pay-per-views here next September. Mm, yeah, maybe. It's it's amazing how easily we can book WWE. It's not, it's not difficult when you've got guys like Biggie and Drew. I mean, that, Lashley looking phenomenal, Rollins yeah. and Edge, great stuff. I mean, where's Kevin Owens? He's good. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Rushmore is calling. Uh, post show, sorry, pre show, re- re- blah, 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 words. Pre show recap Usos beat uh, Seth and Schultz. Uh, be a star. <laughs> is that like Billy and Chuck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, job is to the stars, you know? <laughs> Seth and Schultz. Uh, they shouldn't be, but they fucking are. Uh, be a star, Riyadh. Unless, well, you know. <laughs> Put your hands up on the stage if anyone of you've been bullied. Because every <laughs> WWE superstar puts their hands up, though we all know who the bully is Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, almost the exact words I wrote down. Good stuff. WWE uh, <laughs> SmackDown, a women's bloody hell championship triple threat match of Becky Lynch, the current champion, Sasha Banks, and Bianca Belair. Right, okay, yep. Three fucking awesome wrestlers. Recap of the SummerSlam screw job. <clears throat> now, here's a quick question. Was that played into the stadium? Oh, I wonder. Maybe, Cause re- probably. Because remember the first show where they, they showed like a video package. It had Carmella in Carmella attire. And the, oh, the, they were point. livid. Yeah. So I wonder if this was played in the live stadium or if this was probably just for, for, for the network. Imagine if it was just like they just drew on the bodysuits <laughs> to all the footage. Like don't the dot the Vince loves. Yeah, this is what they wear all the time. How do they show WWE shows? They just don't have the women's matches, I imagine. I'm pretty sure Carly's still champion. Oh, okay. Isn't that India? That's not Saudi Arabia. That's racist. WWE are confused. <laughs> okay. Um I mean, the 26 seconds ended any good faith I had with WWE and their booking of the women's division. It fucking destroyed it for me. Like, they had Bianca Belair. She's fucking incredible. And they were just like, nah, fuck it. 26 seconds. Becky's going to be a heel because we don't know how to book her as a face anymore because we're fucking idiots. Yeah, it just it kills everything for this match for me. It's a struggle. It's a real shame. I get the idea that they might have wanted to have Bianca do the chasing, but she didn't need to. Like, Becky yeah. could have done the slow burn heel turn. Like the, I want your bell, I want to do this, this is great. Or have this as the amazing thing for Becky's comeback. She comes back, doesn't have the title match, and beats Bianca after 26 seconds. Not great, but the title's not on the line. And then 
then you can start the mind games. Can Bianca Belair have the mental toughness to defend against the woman who's not been pinned for the title? And you can start building sure. it like that. Not take the belt off the best baby face they had in the business because as we've said several times before they can't book a face yep again if you're going to have becky come out and destroy bel-air in 26 seconds do it four or five weeks in a row stick to your guns tell a story you know have her destroy bel-air and be this dominant champion that no one can stop don't have her do it once and have everything be 50 50 after that like what's the fucking point wait hang on are you suggesting like with manny black and cody where you could then have two quite convincing victories for for Mally Black and then you've got Cody getting one back but then a promo afterwards going see what I've done there I've now made everyone hate you it's not about pinfalls <laughs> house always wins how is it that a wrestling fan with billions of pounds <laughs> can book a wrestling show better than a billionaire film producer hmm. oh don't call him that it's a disgrace to films uh, so uh, Banks heel theme is pretty decent like that bit Oh, with um, Snoop Doggy Dog. Yeah, but where the fans get to do their call and response bit when she gets to the ring, that's really clever. Yeah, um, definitely not dubbed in. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, in this case. But, you know, in general. Um, all three women get their own big announcement at the start, and I'm like, okay, can we get on with it? But, like, you know, I understand. Uh, Lynch, who I believe is meant to be the top heel here, is significantly the most over by a large margin. Face has to win. <laughs> Yeah, lots of three people spots. Very entertaining at times this match. A fun comedy spot where Banks and Belair catch Becky and Becky tries to charm her way out of it. Like I have leaning her head on each of them going, oh, I love you guys. <laughs> like that was funny. <laughs> that was good. Um, rest of the match is like, yeah, Belair is smooth in the ring. She has power and is strong and they tell that. And there's a few really convoluted spots which took me out of it a little bit. But all three girls are so good that it's kind of fun. It's like, shame about the whole narrative before it. They really missed an opportunity here, it feels like. But, yeah, good stuff as we kind of roll into the finish. We get desperation spots and some big power spots again by Belair. Belair being able to lift both women up <laughs> is just a, as a visual. Like the whole thing like back at Mania where she press slammed Banks, walked her up the steps with yeah. her in the press slam. and She is incredible. She is everything they need like they were saying eight like years ago like bailey she could be the, like the john's the female john cena she can lead the company she'd be the top baby face of this company and i'm glad they took her the way they did but bel-air has mainstream appeal so she's not going to get pushed yeah i uh i think tasha banks could have stayed home we could have had a good match between becky lynch and bel-air here but sasha wasn't going to miss out on history yeah. Rush to the finish. Roll up. Becky grabs the ropes as Cole says, It doesn't matter. It's a triple threat. Don't hate that finish. That's quite fun. Yep. Good. Right way to do it because even though she's clearly the face in, in this match, based on the fans' opinion, heel finish. Perfect. And also, the fact that she had the Raw, uh, the SmackDown women's title, there was an air of, well, are they going to give it to one of the others as they're both going off to Raw? So off, yeah, off, sure. wherever they were going, or both off to SmackDown, which vice versa. Yeah, as you said, decent match. Bianca Belair is a superstar. Becky hasn't missed a step. I mean, genuinely, I wish 
I could have looked that good after my wife gave birth and I was even <laughs> one carrying the baby. Like Becky Lynch yeah, is an incredible athlete, hands yeah. down. To get back into that shape so quickly, more power to her. Outstanding. It's you can see I, I totally agree with what you're saying, by the way. Um you can see how her best spot to me is badass face. And the fact that they can't seem to book her like that without getting her booed is shocking to me because her as a badass being a face seems like such an easy story to tell and to maintain it's just they just don't seem to be able to complete it again this complete lack of knowledge of how to book a face without looking like an absolute doofus and like you know the fans getting sick of them it's it's just a real shame because this again is an absolute great match and all three women are so talented just just need to tidy up the story get get some narrative in there you know the fact that Becky only got over in the first place because Nia busted her face and you had that great shot in the crowd leading up to Survivor Series. That's one of the contributing factors, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, she was supposed to be a heel and they booked her as a <laughs> super... And, and that's, but that's the thing. W, wrestling is all about rinse, repeat, but try and give it, like, try and make people not do it. Becky can be Austin of that level of a PG era. She's got the the anti-hero. She doesn't give a shit. And people will latch onto it. And that's a face. They're just they're just gonna fuck it up. It's yeah, so heartbreaking. And the thing which I dread is in like <gasps> two years from now, where WWE could have been you know, could should really start building their product back up. Where they should have Bianca as like doing all like these morning breakfast TV shows and everything and being odd with like Regis and Kelly and whatever it is that yeah. seems to put them on. She should be on that. But we know what's going to happen in two years' time. We're going to be seeing WWE has come to terms with the release of Bianca Belair. We would like to wish her all her best in her future endeavours. Because they'll yeah. run out of things to do. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's a real shame, isn't it? Because it's just, she's so, so good. And she should be leading the way for this company right now. And uh, she's kind of not. It's a shame. Can I ask you a very controversial question? Go for it. Do you think they would have done this to her had she been white? Uh, nope. I think Vince is a racist piece of shit. Which Straight is up. the most horrific thing. Because th- this is, and I think this is the unfortunate narrative in WWE where it's like booking for a viewership of one. Yeah. Bianca's got to where she has through hard, genuine hard work and pushed herself to the limits and proven how good she is. And it's such a shame that she has, you know, I, I, by, based on sort of what you read about her from like interviews and everything, what you see in interviews, she will always push herself because she wants to be the best. She's got that like athletic and competitive background. But the fact that she has to do like 10 times the amount as other people just to get to that position because of her, you know, her background is disgusting. And I think that's the thing as well. And, you know, I'm not um, exonerating AEW for in this because look at their main event scene with, you know, non-white performers. It's mm-hmm. pretty non-existent at the moment. It's, it's developing. Yeah, there yeah. is. There's definitely been an issue. Um, I think it's a matter of timing and who was over and stuff. I think it's, I think just to flat out say AW racist is oh no wrong. no no. But what I'm saying time, is, the, let me hold on. Let me just finish quickly. The thing I'm saying about Vince, it's not just an opinion about how he's treated Belair. It's a consistent history 
of 40 40 odd years of inherent racism in his product and it's 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 simply it's based on evidence you know what i mean like you show me one bobby lashley's world heavyweight champion and i'll show you 20 fucking years of black people who should have been world heavyweight champions that fucking weren't you know what i mean yeah and i don't think aw have that guy yet as a black wrestler and they will do but they're building them you can see guys like uh, Max Caster, for example, who's definitely going to get there. Lee it's Moriarty is another one Absolutely. coming through as well. And yeah, uh, there's that, four or five guys in that roster that are young black guys that will be World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, Bowens as well, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But this is... And, and again, you know, I, I certainly wasn't trying to cast AEW as racist, but it's more a case of... Sure, you know, I understand. Where repre- you're going, representation in the, in the current product. WWE, yes, they have that representation because... They've got a decent amount of diversity on their roster. It's how they're then positioning those rosters as, as stars. And that's why it meant so much when Kofi and then when Big E won the belt. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because it's these guys are at the pinnacle of this entertainment brand. These are but the But look how bearers. they booked them. Look how they booked terribly. them as Fucking champions. Terribly. Fucking terribly. <laughs> look at Kofi. Look at Big E. Look at Bobby Lashley. I mean, there's plenty of white dudes on the roster as well that book like shit as well. It's not just the black lads. But they're never like, you know, the, the dominant champion that come up. They're the guy that has to cash in when the other guy's down. The guy that has to cheat with four other guys around them. The, every single fucking time, man. Like, it's, there is an inherent racism about WWE. Hey, Sexism as well. Me, Let's throw it out there. Are you telling me three lads from Mexico coming out riding lawnmowers? <laughs> is... <laughs> Well, that got a bit yeah. serious, but let's move on yeah. to something fun. A main event. That's ah, fun to fucking dog Vince, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Universal Championship match of Roman Reigns, the current champion with Paulie versus Brock. I can't do that. My throat hurts. <laughs> also known as the best seller in the business, Brock Lesnar. His selling, mate. Oh, he's so fucking good. It's such a shame he doesn't give a shit about yeah. anything other than money. I mean, speaking of not giving a shit, uh, champ coming out first. Fuck you, Vince. What's this about? Bollocks. Champ. It's Roman Reigns. And this is mania. Yep. The Camel Saudi yeah. mania. <laughs> so, it takes Roman Reigns five minutes and ten seconds to get to the ring. Undertaker style. His match, this match is 15 minutes long. His entrance is five minutes long. Yeah. Uh, Works smart. (laughs) He's been on a long plane ride. He's probably really really uncomfortable. Uh, I like what Roman Reigns is trying to do. I like what he's kind of done. Again, it's booked like fucking shit. Well, it's, it's not not fucking shit. It's just not booked as well as I'd like it to be. And they need to do something with it. And they're starting to, I think, through desperation more than anything. But they're starting to. Um. Oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Fuck it. Uh, so you know um, how the bloodline do the one finger in the air when they get to the ring. Oh yes. If that's their new thing, what are all the ninety percent of indie wrestlers going to do instead? Well, none of them have a job anymore because the Ring of Honor have decided to like just <laughs> pack up. And it, that's not bagging on Ring of Honor because Ring of Honor during the sure. pandemic has been phenomenal to all they of those wrestlers. They have been very, very good, yeah. But then 
let's look at this from from this standpoint, as horrible as it is to say it. Everyone shat all over WWE for releasing wrestlers during the pandemic when they've got to obviously maintain, you know, again, publicist company, agree to disagree on it. But on a human standpoint, god awful on a business standpoint, definitely the right business to do. Ring of Honor did the right thing and were human and looked after human beings and they're now being repaid by taking three months off and potentially having to start up as a very much independent promotion in April of 2022 because they did the right thing. They've almost yeah, had, they've had to basically tear up their business model. Again, I don't know anything about ROH's finances, but essentially possibly fuck themselves by being human. And that's yeah, why... Yeah, very interesting to see where that goes. Yeah. So fair play to Ring of Honor. It's a real shame. And also it's a real shame for like promotions in the UK who had deals with Ring of Honor um, as well, like Wrestle Carnival. I mean, they just had uh, Ridgeway versus John Gresham. And uh, they also had Jordan Grace fly over as well. I think she wrestled, I think she wrestled Alex Windsor. And it was, by all means of, sort of reports coming out of that show, an absolute banging show. But so, yeah, but fucking WWE. Like, like with this, Indie wrestlers can't do one thing because they're like, oh, he's copying the bloodline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, silly joke, but whatever. <laughs> Cole Vin, calls... Vince will try and trademark it at some point. Yeah. Cole calls Brock the suplex assist. Fuck me. Grave says there's about to be a beast unleashed on the island of relevancy. It's a duck pond situation, Rich. <laughs> Graves goes on to say, time for renovations on the island of relevancy. <laughs> just like, okay, is this a Roman thing? Is this just him talking shit? Like, do I care? Awful. It, it's not good. Uh, Raymond doing an Uso dive over the top is fucking ace, though. Who's Raymond? Did I say Raymond? <laughs> My nose is probably blocked up. I, I, Roman! Can you imagine in, in NXT they've gone, we won't call him Liaki anymore. We'll call him Raymond Reigns. <laughs> Raymond Reigns! That's an NXT sitcom. character right now, probably. Uh, Spears, Superman punches. Lesnar with the big cells. Great work. He is literally Hoo-ah. the best. Ooh-ah, by Roman. Lesnar leapfrogs the spear attempt. And I'm like, oh, that's great. They both collapse in the corner. Suplex shitty. <laughs> Ooh-ah, by Brock for the F5. Roman kicks out. Ooh. Brock goes, oh, Roman, do a guillotine. <laughs> so Roman complies <laughs> by reversing the F5 into a guillotine. Brock smashes his way out the spine buster type slam thing. It's quite fun. Which leads us to the finish. Uh, <coughs> give me one second. Hold on. I'm dying here. I mean, in fairness, watching this show almost finished me off, so I'm not surprised that you are dying at the tail end of our finisher. But again, did Lesnar. you use your personal Colossus to finish yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right up the arsehole. But Lesnar. Oh, some good audio abs- there, best not. Sorry. <laughs> Lesnar, as we said at the start of this match, selling machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's our hero. Love him. Absolutely best. When he comes to work, he's fucking great. And he's come to work, yeah. Uh, so, 
Brock has Roman up again. Then referee Little Nate jumps into Roman doing the F5 for some fucking reason. It's great. Magnet. <laughs> <laughs> Literally like he magnets across the ring. He's like, whoop, getting sucked into the F5. So funny. He takes a it's a tornado. Bump. Of course he's going to get sucked in. <laughs> Oh fuck, man! I, I couldn't stop laughing when Nate throws himself into it. Oh, it's so good. Uh, spear by Roman, double down. Everyone loves double down. Uh, Paulie gets the ugly blue fucking strap. Who we? Who will he throw it to? Tax. Who will he throw the belt to? Little Nate. <laughs> yeah, fucking a. He's the real champion here. Uh, Paulie throws it in between the two lads and shouts, "You know what to do with it." Like, oh, All right. so good. The lads struggle over the ugly blue belt. And Uso jumps in. Who knows which one? Super kick to Brock. Roman smashes the ugly fucking blue belt over Brock. Bit of a delay while another ref runs in from the back. One, two, three. And your winner and still owner of that shitty blue belt is Roman Reigns. But the little bit of Paul Heyman is very fun. Didn't when Reigns and Lesnar were going into one of their mania matches the go home show just had the picture of the both of them pulling at the belt again so oh, i don't know i Did like it? this as this is a bit of like a callback to that i can't remember which mania it is because it seems to be lesnar reigns at most manias because it's the only main event they've got now because how they book their yeah. they book their stars but really clever finish throwing the belt in between knowing full well this isn't gonna like lesnar's gonna work full time he's not gonna work survivor series he's not a moron He's not going to work New Year's Day. He's not a moron. He'll yeah. come for Rumble and he'll come for Mania. And I suspect we are going to head because Rock's not going to fucking wrestle Roman. Come on, be serious. Doesn't so we're going like to end it, up with Lesnar Reigns again on one yep. of the two nights of Mania. Adding intrigue to a match. It's always fun. Nice to yeah. see Heyman involved. Like the story. I feel like this was talked about a lot backstage. All the bullshit with no DQ. It's DQ, etc., etc. backstage. Uh, pre-show. Uh, so I'm glad that it came to this conclusion because this worked for me. Uh, I think Roman Reigns had to go over. Happy he did. Would have been very confused if Brock wins clean here. <laughs> Happy he didn't. Uh, yeah, fine. Continues the story. Brock will be back in however many months or whatever to finish this off, I'm sure. Yeah, and um, rightly so. The full-time wrestler wins against the part-timer. Yeah, correct decision. And let's face it, WWE without Roman Reigns right now, it's not a pretty sight, is it? So, out of all the six Saudi shows we've had, and let's um, discount the greatest Royal Rumble ever because Titus O'Neil stacking it always gives it five cornflakes for me. Absolutely. Before we cornflake rate this, pretty sure this is the best show they've, best card, best in-ring, and again, it's setting the bar pretty low, that they've had in one of these Saudi Arabia shows. Yeah, sure. That being said, how many cornflakes would you rate this show? So, my thing that I've learned about WWE and about what I enjoy about pro wrestling is that I don't really care that much about the moves, necessarily. I care about caring about why stuff's happening and WWE's presentation is immensely frustrating to me uh, to the point where I find it very, very difficult to watch their shows. The constant LEDs, the awful commentary, 
the terrible direction, the camera Wait, work. Sorry, you're talking about WWE or progress. Yeah, <laughs> Hi, Briley. How are you? <sighs> Maybe you should email WWE with some tips about their production team and see if you get <laughs> a passive aggressive message back like you did with progress. No, no, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> um, I feel immensely bad saying it, but this is probably like two for me. Because there's some great wrestling, but there's so much other shit. I, I, I can't. I can't enjoy it. I can't sit and enjoy these matches because I have to look at, listen to Michael Cole and Corey Graves endlessly exaggerating and being parodies of people. Like they're not. They don't sound like real human beings or real commentators. They're not doing sport. They're not doing entertainment. They're just doing. Ah, this is what we do, right? <laughs> Who gives a shit? And it's just. It's crap. I'm sorry, but it's really bad. I'm going one. I'm going three cornflakes cool. for this. As in, it is very much an average show. I liked the opener. The Hell in the Cell was good. Some good spots in there. Again, they, they bookended it well for me. Like Opening match, main event, very, very good. Big E and Drew slapping the shit out of each other was a lot of fun. The ladies' match should have been better. The, tri- the triple threat was great. Seeing Piper not win was horrific, but she all, you know she made Zelina look great. I said the yeah, tag match was good. Nothing, nothing offended me on the show. Yeah. Oh, and also pyro camels. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like the silliness, fine. The wrestling, fine. No problem. It did make me realise this. It's everything else. <laughs> I, I mean, in fairness, it was sort of. Since my daughter was born, I couldn't dedicate watching three hours of Raw every week. And I would watch it, like when we started doing this podcast, well, I was still trying to watch three hours of it. Mainly because I didn't have anything else I wanted to watch that was like weekly episodic wrestling. Oh, mate. I've tried even watching the new NXT. And it breaks, like we've said it before, it genuinely breaks my heart that I, I will consider myself, for WWE purposes, a casual fan now. I will, I will look at results. I'll listen to podcasts because I find listening to an hour podcast, basically breaking down five hours of WWE content, is more enjoyable than watching the shows. And it breaks my heart. And again, I'll, I'll stay up till 5 a.m. watching Rumble. I'll stay up every night watching both nights of Mania because it's what I'm programmed to do. Sure. But... Man, they need to. NXT had a reboot. Main roster needs. They need to be bought out. They need yeah, to be bought out. I think out it's too hope. far gone. I think there's no saving this right now for Vince. I think Vince has to go. Yeah. I think the vast majority of people in the back need to go. The talent's there. The production needs to change immensely. Get rid of the director. Get rid of the bookers. Get rid of the writing team. Just get rid of everyone backstage like that. Just hit reset. Like they really need to. Not like WCW. <laughs> I was going to like say. that. Not like that. <laughs> but you know, give the guys some fucking freedom. Let them be pro wrestlers. It's not difficult. And Have I think them that's spend three to four months with a story. It's that's not difficult. Key. That's the key. Let the wrestlers be the wrestlers. The fans will tell you what they do and don't like. That's why Austin organically became the biggest star this business has ever seen. So, it did it organically. Let's just, just take a second, all right? Let's go through each of these matches and see what they actually mean, right? Just in, in, just, just my opinion or whatever. Like, feel free to throw your stuff in, right? Usos hurt business. Usos win. 
her business split up, came back, whatever, jobbed out, means nothing, right? Agreed, yep. Edge versus Seth. Edge wins the match. Good match, again. Like, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about what it actually means, right? They even had quite a good story. What does it mean at the end? Edge won. Seth's number one contender. So it means nothing. Mustafa Ali versus hometown hero Mansoor. Mansoor goes over in his hometown. Mustafa Ali gets kicked in the face by a karate guy. So, what now? It means nothing. <laughs> well, okay, Man- bro. Mansoor will be back at Super Showdown in February. Yeah, like, it's, it's, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I really don't. AJ Styles and Omos get jobbed after being champions for ages to a, a, a makeshift tag team. Why? There's no story. I don't give a shit. Am I meant to care about this? Why? Because he's big? All right. It's funny. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> There's no progression here. Selena Vega versus Dewdrop. Selena Vega was jobbed out endlessly. <laughs> now she's fucking a queen or some shit. Dewdrop's terrible. Like, what she's doing. Like, it's awful. Like, even though we know she can be great. I don't give a fuck. It means nothing. Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. Goldberg won. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Like, again, it was good. It doesn't mean anything. Xavier Wiz beat Finn Balor. Why? What's he going to do with the King gimmick? It means nothing to me. Like, hopefully they prove me wrong on all this, you know? The only they things won't. that really matter are the fact that we might get continuation of Big E and Drew. And that we might get, you know, some Roman Reigns and some Brock stuff in the future. Um, Yeah, that's about it. Becky Lynch retained. So the other two are shit, right? That's the story they've told here. Yep, can't beat the champion of triple threat. Drew and Big E are now on different brands, so that can't continue. Almost all of it means nothing. So what's Welcome the point in it then? To the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how frustrating to, to watch it, isn't it? It frustrating because yeah. it's so good. The people are so talented, and like the simplest form of pro wrestling is immensely complicated. If it was slapstick, it would be great. But it's not. If it was serious, it'd be great. But it's not. It's nothing. It's just there. It's like a fucking beige wall. It's like, I just don't care about it at all. This is indie wrestling with a production budget. Yeah. There we go. Send me peace. <laughs> well, good thing we're back to WWE Raw in 2014, you fuckers who voted for us to do this show. <laughs> Uh, but before we get there, we'll be back for that next week. Where can people find you and your work on the social medias? Find me on the Twitter machine at Fanboy Rich. How about yourself? Oh, on you know, I'm, talk all that stuff as well. I'm at the Tex Williams on Facebook and Twitter. Um, don't book me because I've had an ego humbling. Ah, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> oh, I felt good to. Uh, I was hoping. See, the thing we do these Saudi shows, we hope there's more crazy, funny shit. They were well behaved. Like a bit boring and a bit well behaved this time, wasn't it? Camels on a flying carpet was probably the highlights for it. But yeah, yeah. look, WWE, if you're going to do it badly, fucking do it badly. Yeah. Or we won't cover these shows again. (laughs) Watch some TNA. Do what they did. That was bad. (laughs) (laughs) What we need is some bikers like Raquel Gonzalez riding on her motorbike (laughs) against new NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose. Who's booking this shit? Absolutely. Anyway, it's good to be back. It's good to be I like, back. I like Drew and Big E. They're good, aren't they? <laughs>
I've missed podcasting with you. It's been great. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. It's nice to be back. Let's try and make it consistent as we can, you know. Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, my life's settling down a little bit. So hopefully we'll be able to uh, do this a bit more often, man. Sweet. Can't wait. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, remember to like, subscribe, tell a friend how mildly offensive we are. <laughs> <laughs> We're not real people. It's all just character work. Exactly. Someone tell WWE's creative. We'll get a job there. They haven't got characters. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm joking. All right. I guess we'll say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye. We'll see you next week. Hopefully. <laughs>